Hey, what's up? How's it going, listener? Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. We continue the ongoing conversations about the two big properties all the geeks are talking about that start with an S, Spider-Man and Star Wars. Geek boner. Plus, the director and cast of the next X-Men movie has been set. We talk about what Matt Reeves wants to do with the Batman solo film and take a look at new trailers for the Inhumans TV show Jumanji with the Rock and a new badass Jackie Chan movie. We got listener comments and a whole lot more on this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, June 29th, 2017. Jock Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Oh yeah, that's right, listener. You found it. You found it. The one and only, the original Jock and Nerd podcast. Jock and Nerd. Welcome to the show. Welcome to your weekly geek fest where we get together and we geek out about comic book and superhero related things in the movies on television. Geek news, reviews, and interviews. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And he's the slightly drunk Rugs. How's it going, Rugs? What's up, dude? <laughs> Rugs is in full summer mode. That means he's drunk all the time. Wowie zowie. Isn't that right? If the sun's out, the guns are out. <laughs> That's like a jock saying, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, I think yeah, it is. Rug Boy's is got floppy, saying. felty guns. Yeah, well, actually, you bring my M16. Oh, no AK-47? No. Oh, semi-automatic. Well, look, listener, if you're new to the show, here's the itinerary for our journey today. We got a bunch of geek news, and really, we'll be continuing the conversation from last episode. More Spider-Man news, more Star Wars franchise news, a lot of interesting stuff. And there's a couple of other tidbits. We got a couple of fun trailers that dropped uh, that we're going to discuss. Some random TV musings, and uh, we got some feedback from uh, you, the awesome listener. But before we get to any of that, guys, we got to say goodbye to an old friend. Rug boy? No, not rug boy. Rug boy, it's oh. fine. <laughs> rug boy, don't get worried. You're, uh, you'll, you'll be fine. But you guys remember Clamor? I remember. Oh, I remember. Oh, I love to remember Clamor. I love to remember Clamor. <laughs> so, right up there with Chewbacca. Clamor, you brought her. You Clamor, you brought her. So, <laughs> look, the Clamor is a, is a little app that was created Around the time we started this podcast, way back, a little over two years ago, meant to share 24-second bits of audio. It was it was audio Twitter. Audio Twitter, audio Instagram. It was a way for listeners to share their favorite podcasts, clip little things, remix them, add beats. Mm. And uh, the only reason I mention this is because they kind of had an interesting- Did just burp? Yes. It, yes. Good. I did. Uh, good. <laughs> I did burp, good and boy. it was loud. Good boy, Russ. <laughs> that will happen multiple times throughout I, this podcast. Listen, I taught my know. dog Joplin to burp, and she burps like a person. And I always tell her, good girl. Good girl, Joplin. So the best part was you were saying you could 
have add little audio and yes. like play with the like edit the clips or whatever and then he, i hear him that was a, that that may have been a sound effect in clamor right. uh, but look more importantly we got on clamor the the co-founder this dude parvez parvizi really cool dude like right when we started our podcast uh got in touch with us and he was our first interview remember anthony yeah, it was my idea, you son of a bitch. Oh, it was. You were like, why don't you... Uh, why don't and, you ask him to come on the show? And it was like our first guest. I didn't know how we were going to import another uh, sound source. I had to learn how to record interviews. And then I was like, hey, we could just record with anybody from anywhere. You don't have to be in the room. So I got to thank him for that. But we posted a lot of clamors. and uh, Back well, in the day. Back in the day. And I haven't used it in a while. Well, gang, it's shutting down. Uh, Clamor is dead. I got an email... Uh, yesterday it says it's time for our team to move on to new adventures. I was reading that interview, that email on the shitter this morning. We write to inform you that we will be shutting down the clamor service at 1159 on July 2nd, 2017. Thank you for all the creativity and joy that you have shared with the world using clamor. We've been inspired by the community every day and cherish having had the opportunity to get to know so many amazing and talented people. So it's not July 2nd yet. This is kind of the last time we can enjoy some of these. I'm going to Share some of the clamors. You got a sense of what it was. Nobody, I don't know. It was it was a good idea, but nobody's really figured out how to make something like this to share audio because you can't really share audio or podcasts. It's like it's like sharing a book or a magazine. Like you're not going to rip out a page and give it to someone and be like, "Hey, check this out," and then get the rest of the magazine. You just tell people well, about it. Well, you know, he was ahead of his time, Parvis Parcheesi. Parcheesi really, was. Yeah. So let's yeah. start with, I have a clamor. Let's start there when we interviewed him and I had, remember I had that orange beach blanket on the window for a long time? Yeah, Anthony? what the fuck was that? <laughs> here's that what was that was. Here's a, here's a clamor. It's like we're in a goddamn kindergarten, so whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That or like a 70s kind of drug den. You know, <laughs> Real quick, this blanket I found at the beach. Oh, really? I don't know how I got it. Like some kid left it and we're like, I'm just going to take this blanket and uh, now it's on the wall. It is a ver- so that was a clamor from that episode. Uh, I got to share a couple, a couple of these because it's kind of like a walk down memory lane. Here's Rug Boy. Here's when we tried to uh, explain what clamor was to you. That I would use for something, but I'll skip that and go right to the meat pie. <laughs> well, you, you, you got to go from the clamor to the meat pie. It all kind of it all it does kind of intertwine. I wanted to clamor, but then I decided to go for the meat pie. <laughs> hey, you clamor, you broader. <laughs> I don't know her. Look, 40-year-olds making the same joke oh over and God. over. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he just nice. said that uh, two years ago. Uh, you laughed, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real laugh. That was <laughs> a fucking fake laugh. It was total. That was a total. Yeah, laugh two years ago. <laughs> that was a total yeah. sincere <laughs> laugh. Hey, guys, remember remember Devin Farachi? Uh, Devin Farachi, oh, our yeah. buddy. Well, you Devin remember, Farachi. But, right, all right. Remember, we used to talk about him all the time. Here's yeah. the clamor. Uh, our friend Devin Farisi from uh, Birth Movies Death. He's not our friend. I always thought it was Devin Farachi. Oh, I, I like that I a like, lot. I like, yeah, that does sound more epic. That has is. a lot more flair. Yeah. He sounds like he's a, I am Devin Farachi. Yeah, like he comes in with a cape and he's got like a handlebar mustache and a... And a, and a the guy no longer has a job at Birth Movies Death. I, I like that I pointed out back then that he wasn't our friend. <laughs> he's not our friend. <laughs> oh, no. Even back then, I knew there was something up with that guy. That guy was fishy, and uh, he got taken down by the Trump effect a little bit on uh, Trump Twitter. effect. He got taken down by the fact that he 
did some terrible things. Well, that too. That brought out what, what he did. <laughs> said was, some terrible was the things. terrible things. Uh, so these were fun. Let's okay. One last one of Anthony trying to describe Rug Boy on Blab. I'm look, from really close, it looks like Jesus without a beard, but yeah. it's actually a felty-looking. I don't even want to use the p word. But it's something like that. And he's got like stubble on his face and like six teeth, Spider-Man t-shirt. And uh, he looks kind of like he hasn't slept in days. That's a pretty good description there, Ruggs. No background. Pretty accurate. That was actually complimentary. No, no background music on that one. <laughs> yeah, there was no like weird uh, like industrial there, background music. There was music. no generic hip-hop beat. Well, that was the thing. Like you could add all these beats and all these sounds. And the idea was to get you listeners to like remix and share it. But uh Eh, whatever. Come, it comes and it goes. It was, it was, it was a lot of work. It's asking a lot, but look, we went through blab, came and went, clamor, came and went. Well, Rest we're in still peace. here. We're still we around. We are still chugging. And with things that, that Imran said were the next big thing. <laughs> Remember how excited I was? Listen, I was like, clamor is going to be huge. Shock and nerd podcast does not need to make money to keep going. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Well, we don't We're need shit. For free. Absolutely. And with that, let's get to the news, guys. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. Listener, if you want to uh, share your favorite memory of our show or just get in touch with us, visit our contact page at jockandnerd.com slash contact. Uh, you'll find our Twitters and our Facebook pages and our fun Facebook group where we all hang out and post geeky things. Speak, pipe, email, all that is there. Get in touch with the show. Like I said, we, we got to talk about Spider-Man some more. Uh, Homecoming just premiered. Uh, they had its big premiere. It was live on Marvel's YouTube channel yesterday. I was watching a little bit of it. When does it come out? Next week? The, uh, next Friday. Next, next Friday, Thursday, July actually. 7th. Oh, so reviews are coming out. And, reviews uh, are out. Dude, Tom Holland in this premiere, this is how he rolled up on the red carpet. He was riding a car dressed in full costume as Spider-Man with the yellow jacket and the headphones with a selfie stick, like filming himself, waving to people. And the guy does a backflip off the car. He does some Spider-Man poses for the photographers. He goes, takes selfies with the audience. Clearly, this kid is having the time of his life. Like, and you could just tell from his uh, red carpet appearance. Whoa, that sounds cool. I didn't see that. I'm looking at it now. It is kind of cool. I put. Uh, I was going to say, who gives a fuck what he was wearing? But this is kind of. Cool. I mean, who shows up in costume like you would expect him to just wear a suit and like walk up with a date? Yeah, Donnie Junior is not doing that. No, no. <laughs> uh, he, he's having he's having a lot of fun. I posted it to our Facebook page at jockandnerd.com uh, slash Facebook or the other way around, facebook.com slash jockandnerd. Uh, if you want to check out the video, but I like watching uh, the live. Uh, live premiere red carpet. So we Loser. we have. What else am I doing? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Please do something else. <laughs> we have more info about this whole Pascal and Feige, uh Venom. Uh, this the spinoffs being in the Marvel MCU. Like not they, Venom between them, but Venom the movie. Venom the movie, and maybe Venom between them, but uh, mm. they seem to be getting along. So uh, Amy, Amy Pascal was itching to clarify after that whole story came out. Last week that the uh, the movies, the spinoff movies are not taking place in the MCU. She says, everyone seems to have totally misunderstood what I said, and I'm so glad for a chance to say it. All the characters are part of the Marvel comic book universe, and they're all interrelated in that universe. Spider-Man is now a part of the MCU, as he was created to be in the beginning. The other things that Sony are doing, which are characters from the Marvel 
comic book universe are independent separate franchises both venom and silver sable and black cat so collider actually then they asked her just to be definitive spider-man will not appear in any of these spinoffs for now and she said for now correct all of them are part of the marvel comic universe not all of them are part of the marvel cinematic universe so even Feige confirmed spider-man will not be in these so she was just completely full of shit what was she saying I don't think she knew. I don't even think she yeah, knew. Yeah, like she didn't even, there was no, she just backpedaled on everything she said. A little bit. I yeah. don't think she knew what she was saying. It's like, let me explain about <laughs> my racism. <laughs> I really <laughs> like all people. Except all the for... racist shit that I've ever said in my life, that doesn't count anymore. It's like, how could you completely backpedal on everything that you've just said? That's crazy. Because the question is, you know, the movie that Homecoming exists in is that an overlap of these two universes, which I thought it may be, but it sounds like it's not at all. Uh, they they're, they no. are going to make separate, uh, but equal. separate, separate, but equal. No, not se- not separate, but equal. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, he, but they did. I think they finally given the definitive question: Is Spider Man going to be in these movies? And that that I think anyone, most everyone thought that this was the case that these weren't going to be crossing over but then that makes no sense at all like we well, were slightly the excited the credibility it, make, it of makes the no sense is fucked yeah. up. it yes. makes no sense but i think it is for the best it's very interesting i think it's probably for the best too because really can you you think disney is going to allow their this big spider-man to be in an r-rated venom movie uh, it's not even it's not it's not it's not disney's call first no. off oh that's true but it's more it's more the fact that you're not gonna have you're gonna you two studios working together on one character is okay. Two studios working together and trying to inter, intertwine stories from two different studios for like three, four, five, six different characters is a much more arduous task. It just doesn't make sense to me that Sony technically owns Spider Man and can put them in any movie that they want. I mean, that's I think correct. they can. I think they can, but. I think I don't know if they're going to be able to use this version of Spike. We'll see. It's still uh, but very like clear. according to like what the deal is is that Sony owns Spider Man. That's the way it they is. Own the they're, movie they're lending rights. it to Marvel. I mean, would they just say fuck you? Would she just go fuck you to Pfizer and be like, you know what? We're putting them in here. We have every legal. You really right can't to do say this. shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, look. This like we said. This deal. Well, they must have. They must have. What they must have done is Marvel must have signed or had. Uh, Tom Holland agree to a contract where he's like, I'm in these films. These are the films I'm in. Right. There could be a non competitive clause. Right. Yeah. And it's like, if he wants to, if you want him for any other films, you'll have to renegotiate things. Like, he's definitely going to be in Avengers, like the next two probably. He has the six he's gonna movie have contract. His sequel. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's, his films are already locked in. And they, and they have big plans for Spider-Man. Just wait till we get to the bit about the sequel. But I feel like, like you said, Anthony, like this is such an unprecedented thing. Like nobody's ever attempted just the one character, two studios. And it sounds like Pascal is like trying to go for way too much too soon because they're desperate for some kind of franchise. I, mean, I could just see that the way she answered it last time is yeah. that that's her ulterior motive. Yes. Like she wants to sideline Spider-Man to her movies. Why wouldn't she? Like if, if this movie is a huge success, they're going to capitalize on it. They're going to want to at least. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens after Homecoming. Here's another great bit of news, you guys. We have seen uh, Peter Parker in the MCU 
before Civil War. Oh, shit. Confirmed by Tom Holland and uh, everyone involved that, remember in Iron Man 2, remember that scene with the little kid wearing the Iron Man mask? That is now, I, I don't know if they did it intentional, but it's retcon to be Peter Parker. Geek boner. Tom Holland revealed, I can confirm that as of today, I literally had a conversation with Kevin Feige only 20 minutes ago. Maybe I've just done a big old spoiler, but it's out there now. It's cool. I like the idea that Peter Parker has been in the universe since the beginning. So all of this, the fact that this is Peter seeing Iron Man, the fact that he's in New York for the big Avengers uh, alien, the incident, you know, is definitely going to inform this version no, of that Spider-Man. wasn't the incident that he was in that's in this is in spider-man 2 right before avengers but he was also but, around you know during the avengers yeah, yeah. movie he would have seen this and it would have right. had an impact on him but the, the, the scene you're talking about in spider-man 2 that or iron, or man, iron 2 man that 2, referring yeah. to is when uh that future world or whatever all the iron man's drones are chasing him and iron man sees a little boy wearing an iron man mask and saves him yeah yeah that's cute Seven year old. You know what? Yeah. I, I, you know, you like it. I, I, I don't really like it. I'm on, I'm on board with Anthony at this yeah. point. Yeah, because it's not. They didn't have. That wasn't the plan when they shot no. that scene. It's bullshit. But no, yeah. I don't think it was the plan. But they were no. like, if this ever happens, maybe we no. can. So I, I think it was I just meant a, to do that. <laughs> right. So, okay. No, they're not that cool. This is what John Watts, director. This is what he said. I was watching all these other movies and being like, what if that little kid at the Stark Expo was Peter Parker in the Iron Man mask? Like he'd be about the right age for that, and he loves Tony Stark. Oh, what about the event? Avengers battle who would clean that stuff up because they mentioned damage control at one point in the movie so it's this thing where because it's not completely figured out that you can just go back and basically write fan fiction for those movies then the fan fiction becomes reality a lot of the easter eggs in this movie just started by rewatching the movies I don't mind them saying that he was helping clean up like if they shot a scene like that was in Homecoming where he's fl- slinging around ah. in like a in a hoodie yes. and like helping clean up like that would be fine. But to say that some random scene in Civil War or not in Civil War in Iron <laughs> Man Two is now Peter Parker like you, you never had that plan. No, that's no, that's you know, that's I, bullshit. I like I kind of like the shoehorning. I don't know. I'm just I don't like, like that's it's very shoehorning. I'll give him a pass. I'm like oh that's cute, you guys. Yeah, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out, but. It's there, and we could use it. Uh, eh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was kind of cute. Uh, Kevin Feige also revealed uh, Spider-Man's screen time in Infinity War, the movie that we kind of know is going to have anywhere. Why from, is he revealing this? I don't know. 60, like, he does these uh, interviews, and he gets asked different questions. Fandango, Fandango is the one who decided to ask Kevin Feige how much time the wall crawler will get in the upcoming Avengers movie. He says... I think it might feel bigger a little bit because of Homecoming and because of what people know from it, but it's about on par with Civil War. That's uh, fine. When asked if other Spider-Man Homecoming members might show up, Feige demurred but said it was a possibility. There's a pretty, pretty big crew already in these movies, but you might keep an eye out. So look, a movie with like six, maybe 60 heroes, I think that's an appropriate amount of time for Spider-Man to be in Infinity War, the same amount of time that he was in Civil War. Yeah, he'll have time to do something fun, and then he'll go away. Yeah, because all these other heroes are going to yeah. need time to do stuff. Now, in terms of the sequel, this is some of the best shit. Uh, the Spider-Man 4, or 2, sorry, is going to be the first movie that launches whatever Phase 4 is, post both Infinity Wars. In fact, 
Uh, she came out to say, who said this? Amy Pascal. Oh, the most credible person. Again, let's take this with a grain of salt. <laughs> she said the sequel will start a few minutes after Avengers 4 wraps up as a story. Oh, shit. Literally minutes, moments after Avengers 4, the sequel starts. Oh. Uh, they're, they're saying it's going to uh, – a lot of like how Civil War uh, – uh, it's like uh, Civil War led to Infinity War. The sequel will follow – a Spider-Man who has just helped the Avengers save the universe. Now, let me just pose this question. Yeah. Infinity War takes place at outer space, right? Well, I imagine outer space Some and on Earth. Earth. All right. Yeah. So what if he gets Venom then? And that's how he you start off the whole phase four with Venom. He gets the Venom costume. Wouldn't it be a bad idea? That, would that be... way they can parlay that into the actual Venom movie. Wouldn't it be a bad idea if these were all connected? If they, if they, what if they start the Venom movie like in the future, mm. like five years from now, this happens? I mean, there's already a lot of shit that's going to be going on in these movies. Do we need to shove another I, I thing in? Mi- I wouldn't mind. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to happen in Avengers that he gets the black suit or whatever, but it could be like the start of the part, like this, right? Start of Spider Man two. Like he's like, what the fuck is the shit on me? Like oh, it starts that, out like mm, that. I would like to see another black suit on Spider Man before Venom. That would be awesome. And you could do a proper Venom storyline. Here hmm. is a great quote about what is coming for the future. He says, Kevin Feige, in Infinity War, we'll showcase almost 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 all aspects of the worlds we've established. What is exciting is that after Infinity War and the untitled Avengers in May of 2019, everything will be very different, and the universe will have been radically altered after this 22 movie saga comes to its conclusion. And our first foray back into the MCU will be with Peter Parker, and through his eyes, and the and back on the ground level, just as the events of Civil War. Impacted him greatly when Tony Stark dropped him off and he had to go back to school. What in the heck is going to happen when what is the state of the universe going to be and how will he deal with it when he starts his junior year in high school in the next homecoming? So, homecoming is like sophomore year, then the sequel will be junior, and then senior year for the third one. Uh, hmm. And so, that is so really, yes, he's only a fucking sophomore. He's a sophomore. He was yeah, a freshman. 15 years old. Yeah, he was a freshman in Civil War, apparently. He's going to be a sophomore in Homecoming. Junior year in two. Let's just hope. Spider Man is 15? Yep. I mean, in, in the canon? Six, he's 16 he, now, possibly. 15. During the, in this movie, he is 15. Oh, he years is old. 15 in this movie. Jeez. Yep. Wow. In the canon, isn't he 16? You mean the, in the Camaro comics right now? Yeah, in the original story. 15, 16. He was in high school. It's a high school thing. Yeah, but you would think that, whatever, 16 is two years and you're out. Boom. Yeah. I, I mean, 16 would be the start of a junior year. Okay. He turned 17 during the year. 50, so he'll be 15, 16. I skipped first grade, so everyone was older when I went to school. <laughs> I did. I'm Everybody was a year re- older. They made him, they retarded him in a, a year. So They did. They did baby him up uh, a All I bit. hope is that Tom Holland stays looking young. <laughs> he's got to keep that baby he, he's face. He's got to keep the Ralph Macchio baby face. Because he'll you be. Know, Ralph Macchio was like near 30 in the last Oh, man. Kid. He had a baby face, all right. And he was he still, still looks like he's like 30. Yeah, yeah. Still, he still looks like a little kid. Yeah, because Holland will be like in his mid to mid 20s, probably, by that last movie. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get him the fuck out of high school. Oh. So he'll be in high school for all these sequels. And then 
another piece of information about the monies. Uh, turns out Sony will be receiving all profits from the movie. Oh, this is how desperate Disney and Marvel Studios was, I guess, to get More, this character back. Yeah, it's both. Uh, they they get merchandising rights. They will retain merchandising rights, but Sony's making all the money. I mean, they paid for the movie. They financed the movie. Uh, they marketed the movie, and it makes sense. But I was just kind of, I was kind of surprised. Marvel gets nothing. Hey, they they get his character in yeah. Marvel films. You can't tell me that adding Spider Man didn't add money to no, some wars. And, and you know, as sometimes we think like Disney's getting corporate, like to do something like this, you gotta hand it to them. Like they gave up. They of course they have fucking millions and billions of dollars, but they gave up a whole bunch of money just for the fans to do Spider Man right. I kind of I kind of love that. That's not well, bad. they gave up. What what happens is when you make a movie, Imran. Yeah. You pay for the movie. Right. You pay for the marketing, and then you got to make all your money fucking back, and then you make a profit. Then you make the profit. So they just got paid for making the movie. So they they all got paid. Yeah, but they used that money to make the movie. So it's not like they- Yeah, you but know. they paid themselves. Who did they pay? All these producers. They were all work for Marvel. All of these actors. Well, I guess that's a Marvel. good point. I didn't think about those yeah, salaries. I don't think anyone like, was risk. exactly working for free. Here. No, nobody's working free. You get paid. <laughs> they didn't just all show up and go, let's do his charity move for Sony. <laughs> so Okay, so they got paid to make the movie. They but, zero but, risk. Yes. Yeah. They, and they all got paid, and they don't, have to, all, they don't have to worry. It's about actually it. a pretty sweet deal yeah, for Marvel. It's, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a win-win for both. And for, they're going to well, make money on on the merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so well, Sony. Sony was. I mean, I guess it's not really a risk because all the Marvel movies have been pretty good in terms of uh, critical and, and box office acclaim. But Sony, if if Marvel decided to shit out a piece of turd, right, which this is turning out not to be, but it, if they did, Sony'd be like, "What the fuck? We had no, <laughs> we had no say in this." Yes. And we made no money. <laughs> we made no money, and we lost. And we money. had no say. Yeah, <laughs> and we lost. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're paying for all the marketing. They're taking all the Marvel, financial risk. Yeah, Marvel had the was actually in a catbird seat. There. It's an amazing. It's an amazing, crazy, yeah. uh, unprecedented then, deal. Because this is what's going to happen too. Then when, when Marvel makes this film and everyone starts to love it, yeah, everyone's going to be like, "Awesome! Marvel's great." Yeah, Sony gets none of the glory. They get the profits, but they, they're not. No one's going to look at Sony and be like. You guys found out how yeah, to really make movies. Yeah, you guys paid for that movie really well. <laughs> <laughs> Way to write a check, Sony. Look, again, to their credit, though, they stepped aside. They handed the creative over. Yeah, yeah. They I mean, handled that, it well. Give them credit for that. Yeah, and but Sony, all they need is the fucking money at this point. They Like, they need money. They're hemorrhaging money. And then, you know, people are going to be like, I'm going to go buy some Spider-Man shit now. Guess who gets that money? Fucking Marvel Studios. So it is, it's a fucking crazy great deal for both, both parties. But the deal is, is that they're going to be able to put Spider-Man in their movies right. yes. and make their movies better and have a bigger draw because Spider-Man's in those movies. But then to your question, Ruggs, I'm really wondering what is the deal if Sony, why can't they use him in their own movies? Is that is that part of, uh, you think they did sign something that said you can't use him in any movies, only we can until we do these six. I think that they can. I think they're yeah. just, they're just trying not to rock the boat at this point up yeah. until, I think there's going to be a shakedown. That's my feeling. Mm. Because when Pascal is saying one thing and then backpedaling, <laughs> yeah, there's really an ulterior motive there. So she's gonna, she's up to some, some she's, crazy shit's about to go down. This she's trying to maneuver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think what Sony's, I think the reason Sony's hesitant to to use Spider Man is a again I mentioned they don't probably have Tom Holland signed to do another film other than the, the stuff he's locked into. Yeah, and I also think that if they decided to make their own Spider Man and put him in these films, 
that would rock the boat on the Marvel relationship, and then Marvel would be like, you know what? Write your own fucking films. We ain't doing shit Dude, for you anymore. Dude, what if in the Sony universe, it's like an adult Spider-Man? It's a different Spider-Man. Completely well, recast the adult Spider-Man. Almost like a parallel timeline it could, thing. It could work. Um, I think mainstream would be like, what the fuck is It'd going on? It'd be confusing. On? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be very confusing. <laughs> Finally, as we've established, like a lot's writing on this movie. Anthony, you just said Marvel could give us a shitty movie uh, to fuck with Sony. But I don't think they did. The reviews are starting to come out. I've seen head, and I'm trying not to read. And there's also also spoilery articles that it's really hard to avoid. I spoiled some stuff. I'm not going to mention it. But that oh. people are calling this. MCU's best on Rotten Tomatoes right now. The movie is sitting at 92% geek boner, uh, 93% now. Actually, it's just updated. Uh, well, let's give this some context though. Yes. It's 93 clicking on it right now. 57 total reviews, Not 53 bad. rated fresh for or rotten. rotten. Hmm. But I'm hearing the funniest, uh, best Spidey movie yet. So that's very exciting. But check. I've read a couple reviews. You have? I've no, listened to a couple. Okay. I, the, the quick gist is yes. uh, it's not an Iron Man movie. I know a lot of people were, were kind of scared about that. And it is very much uh, concerned with Peter Parker's life outside of the suit as it is inside the suit. That's cool. I like that. That's important. I've seen things like it's not your typical Marvel movie. I don't know. I haven't, I've, I've also heard that uh, it's it's the millennial Spider-Man. And can they, uh, you know, I think the villain thing is going to be interesting. Can they pull off a compelling villain, not have your typical villain problem, and still be true to the character? You know, we're not going to see his origin. Uh, hopefully, you just jump right in and uh get going I've, i haven't read enough to spoil too yeah much no i just i can't i've already spoiled some things it's very oh, annoying man. so 93 percent are on tomatoes but check this shit out the following week war for planet of the apes comes out those oh. reviews have we said are also very positive and glowing this thing right now on rotten tomatoes is sitting at 96 oh shit 96%, 49 reviews counted, 47 fresh, too rotten. This, I find that hard to believe. But What, that is that high? Yeah. This, I mean, if this is true, we are getting a one-two punch of incredible movies in the first two weeks of July. I never believed the hype, though, Imran. Yeah, I mean. This is true. We'll see, but uh, both these movies, uh, very excited for. Well, I, I don't know for what context. About, yes. Dawn, yes. prior Planet of the Apes films, finished at 90. Okay. And Rise, prior to that, the first finished at 81. So. Wow, so they're saying it's the best one, the best out of the trilogy. The big battle, dude. I can't wait for Apocalypse Now with Apes. War. There's, don't read reviews, because I did read one that yeah. spoiled something oh. for me, and oh, I was no. immediately upset. I know. It's so fucking annoying. I, couldn't, I honestly couldn't believe like it wasn't a spoiler review. Yeah. And I don't know why this fucking asshole wrote what he wrote. Oh, shit. Not only that, dude, I'm scrolling through Facebook and the headline is giving away characters in Spider-Man Homecoming and, and, and certain Easter eggs in the headline. Oh, I just yeah, I yeah. just saw that. Yes. I just I'm not going to say it. I can't. I'm so mad, but I'm excited. Don't also. go to bleedingcool.com. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't. I'm going to have to avoid the Internet until this fucking movie comes out. Uh, but that's it for the Spider-Man talk. Wait, just one, give one me the thing. movie. Yes. So I was I watch you know I talk about movie Bob yeah movie Bob's the best he real quick thing I wanted to run by you so he proposed if he were to do Spider Man okay and and have him appear in Civil War it'd be almost the same exact thing yeah 
He says, by the way, he said there's nothing wrong with it or anything. It's just what he would have done. Sure. So when we first meet Peter Parker, when Iron Man goes to Brooklyn or, or Queens or whatever, yep, yep. and we first meet Peter Parker, instead of it being in this apartment or whatever, and yeah. he's this young kid, yeah. you go to a sci-fi class or a science um, a chemistry class okay. or whatever, some sort of science class yeah. in high school. Yeah. And you go and it, Tony Stark approaches the teacher who's like in his mid thirties. Yeah. He turns around teachers, Toby Maguire. Oh shit. Oh, you immediately incorporate the first three Spider-Men. Oh, film. that's, Oh, that would have been great. I would have bought that. It's a little bit fantastic for Josh Trank where they go to the science experiment and find fucking some random no, no, kids. But, no, like, Iron Man knows who he is. Oh, okay. So he's coming to get Peter he's in He's coming the class. to get Peter, and Peter's been in oh, retirement actually, ever since the yeah, incident yeah, because yeah. he now sees all these Avengers around. He's like, wow, I'm fucking not, yeah, I don't need not to be that doing awesome this. at all. Yeah. No, he's like, I'm not, I'm not these guys. I'm, not, I'm, I'm inadequate. So he quits. Dude, and, t- and, the, and the teacher and turns and it's Toby. That's Toby pretty good. Blair. That's That'd pretty cool, right? good. Fucking movie Bob's got great ideas. I would I would have dug that uh, had they had a little bit a little bit of thought for that that'd be great. I don't I don't know if Toby would have wanted to do it, but probably. yeah, it'd be, it'd be a cute little thing. He's passing the torch. You skip over Garfield. You pass the torch on. It'd be a fuck you to Andrew Garfield. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what Garfield it would have been. Garfield would be like, hey, wait a minute, what the, what about me? You assholes? I think that Garfield's a great Spider Man. Unfortunately. He just got saddled with bad movies. Toby's a better Peter Parker. Garfield's a better Spider-Man. This is it. You got two sides of the coin on two different people. That's how how I see it. Okay, enough about the Spider-Man. Let's talk a little bit more about Lucasfilm and the Star Wars franchise. This shit gets even better. We've got more details from the Hollywood Reporter. I'm just going to read this first paragraph of this article because just this is the kind of shit they were doing and it's... It's very fascinating, and I think you'll agree. So this article starts, Matters had already reached a boiling point in mid-June when Phil Lord and Chris Miller, co-directors of the still-untitled young Han Solo movie, were in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, but didn't start shooting until 1 p.m. That day, the two used only three setups. That is, three variations on camera placement, as opposed to the 12 to 15 that Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy had expected, according to sources with knowledge of the situation. Not only was the going slow, but the few angles that been shot did not provide a wealth of options to use mm. in editing the movie so clearly these guys were in a different environment and expectations on both sides were not well communicated Whatever, yeah i was gonna say whatever the expectations were were not conveyed clear enough to either side and what what how one shoots films on how the other expects things to be done Yes, they were. So this article cites there were deep, fundamental, philosophical differences in filmmaking styles. Uh, The directors felt they were being given zero creative freedom. They were also they also felt they were being asked to operate under extreme scheduling constraints and were never given enough days for each scene from the very beginning. So but now word has come out. They also they fired these guys. They fired an editor. And apparently they weren't happy with Alden Ehrenreich's performance. Ooh, very nice German name. <laughs> Ehrenreich. And uh, they hired an acting coach. Oh, That's geez. insane to me. <laughs> that does happen from time to that time. That does happen. They did In this article that you quoted, that does happen, but it was stating that this doesn't happen yes. usually so, this late. Yeah, they said hiring a coach is not unusual. Hiring one that late in production is. Then firing your directors that late in production is also highly unusual. Lord and Miller suggested somebody 
that they knew that worked with them on 21 Jump Street. Uh, they got a, uh, the, a veteran Ridley Scott editor that they, they replaced another editor. Yeah, but he said like most of the footage is unusable. This, so this is a problem. <laughs> and so, you know, Kazdan was looking at the dailies. They, they did not want him. He was going to be like the Tony Gilroy on Rogue One to come in and fix things. They clearly did not want him to be like a shadow director. Um, there's also, there's an update at the bottom that says a previous version of this article stated that the crew of the Han Solo spinoff broke into applause following the announcement of Ron Howard as director. In fact, these sources say the applause came at the end of the meeting in which the departure of Lord and Miller was announced and they were informed a new director would be arriving. These sources say the mood at the meeting was a somber, but there was applause in support of the movie, not in support of Lord and Miller's departure. So I got to, first of all, shout out to our Facebook group. They posted tons of great comments and Bellotti is great with some of his insight and he brings up some really good points that I think we can use for discussion. Like, from his point of view, you're painting sets, and meanwhile, according to this article, Lord and Miller, they, they didn't have answers to production questions. Basically, they would show up be like, okay, what do you want this to look like? What color is this? What are we painting? And they, and they had no answers. They didn't know. They didn't think about that kind of stuff. They were not prepared for this kind of production. So from Bellotti's point of view, who paints sets in, 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 on, on movies, like you are going to get frustrated. You are going to alienate and piss off your crew. You're repainting things. You're wasting time. You're wasting money. Nobody knows what's going on. This is what it sounded like what's going on on this with Lord and Miller. I just have to – and I don't – I'm not mean to – I don't – I wasn't there. Yeah. So I don't know what was going on. And, and obviously this paints Lord and Miller in a, in a pretty bad light terms of what was going on in this film yes it also paints alden herrenreich in a <laughs> shitty light but i will say that this all seems like this was purposely leaked by the studio mm, so they're, they're damage trying control to, well no, it's not that it's that they know that the, the common fan is going to be siding with the directors against the big studio so they're going to start and put out all this dirt on them so take it I wouldn't say take it for a grain of salt but just realize who's sending who's who this case it's Hollywood reporter who they're getting the message from. They're getting it from the studio. Yeah. They're yeah, not, they're not talking to Lord and Miller. No. No. Yeah, they're building a case against these guys. Right. So I mean but there's a lot of interesting There's a lot of interesting stuff for but, sure. Fascinating things. Well, yes. To play devil's advocate. Yes. Like if you're Lord and Miller like what do you have to say for yourselves? Uh you know your probably best bet is to keep quiet. Yeah, I think, I think like, it, we wanted to make this movie, but they yeah. didn't like it. We wanted to make Ace Ventura, a uh, Hans Holo movie, and slapstick comedy, and they just weren't <laughs> having it. That's what uh, maybe. I mean, can you? But can it's? I, I find it so hard to believe that Lord and Miller thought they could make an Ace Ventura movie. Okay, that's the that's a one good question. How could they walk into this knowing that this? Where did is, Ace Ventura come out of? You just pulled that out of your ass. It was in our <laughs> Facebook group. Uh, Del no, no, posted no. something. No, okay. It was, oh, in, it was an in an article. Yeah. That it was, uh, it was kind of like Han Ace Solo was, Holy yeah, shit. Kind of was acting. There, there's rumors that Han Solo was acting similar <laughs> to Ace Ventura. I don't know how Lord Miller thought they could come and just make a straight up comedy Star Wars in this big franchise. So look, there's two. Like, so Kathleen Kennedy, she kind of goes back and forth. A year ago, Hollywood Reporter did a Q and A with her, and it shed some light on her thinking. She discussed her belief that within major franchises. It is possible to take artistic license and creative risks. She added, if all you're doing is playing it safe, trying to make the same movie over and over again, that's when the audiences say, oh, this is just a money-making machine. But if it's genuinely in service to the art form, then the franchise concept is being used in a way that's exciting. However, at the same time, 
Kennedy uh, talked about hiring these young, untested directors, and she said these choices were instinctual. She goes on to say what her her job is. She says, one of the things I've come to realize since I've been in this position of keeping Star Wars going is that in addition to looking for somebody who can creatively have an impact, you're really looking for leadership skills. No one steps into these big movies without being able to genuinely lead the charge with hundreds of people and handle the relationship with the studio. That is a very difficult thing to do, and you don't know a person can do that until you get to spend time and watch somebody operate. So is she calling them out and saying they weren't really good leaders that they, they, they didn't have? I don't know. For me, I think that doing anything that involves like space opera and comedy. Yes. is tough to do. Like guardians of the galaxy. One did it perfectly. Yeah. Two did not. To my opinion, I think they went a little bit too far into the, the schlocky stuff. Um, and I think that if you do that, it's a very hard thing to do. There's not a lot of people that do this movie very, that can do this kind of movie well, where it's space and, and, and you have, uh, consequences, like maybe Joss Whedon and Serenity, maybe that's close, where there's comedic elements, but it's still like a good dramatic movie. It needs that, a balance. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think that these were the guys to do it. I really don't. I think that if you watch 21 Jump Street or the Lego movie, yeah. they're both like, they're not based in any kind of reality. Yeah. Yeah, they're way out there. Clearly a mismatch. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Oh, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> they got fucking beat up. They got booted. I mean, clearly. reality, I'm not saying that reality is space, but I'm saying like the, the the things have to feel real. Okay, but okay. So from the studio's point of view, when uh, from somebody that's in charge of big franchise like these, what, what you just said, can you, like Bilotti wrote, can you have your cake and eat it too? Can you make a, a, an art artsy good film and still serve the fans in this environment, is it just? I think that that there's you, there's a certain kind of person that understands uh, the genre, yeah, and that understands the material and in the IP, and those people make the best movies. The people that are trying to re reconfigure it to fit their own thing, those are the people that you might get lucky, but most of the time you won't. Yeah, if they don't get it. Yes. Like, you might be able to spin it, but that's a risk. And that risk could either hit or miss. So if you love the genre, like, put it this way. Like, Star Wars is a thing. It works. We all know what works about it. All you have to do in Star Wars is provide a compelling story and then just get the characterizations correct. You don't have to make it a comedy. You don't have to have, like, big laughs. You don't have to have, like, you know, uh, commentary on society. You don't need to have... Remember when they did the first movie, The the the, the Phantom Menace? Yeah. Where it was all about this politics and these people Too fucking talking. Too many politics. Yeah, you don't Too do that. They, they fucked up. So it's like, there's a certain amount of stuff that you you need to do. And then you could just kind of push the envelope. Like, Rogue, like, Rogue One, like, it pushed the... Uh, the war envelope a little bit more. It made it more real. It made yeah. it more. Yeah. It was the most menacing you've ever seen Star Darth Vader ever because there was a reality to what happened. Well, the funny thing about Rogue One is, from what reports say, Gareth Edwards wanted to make it even darker. Yeah, like a darker war film. And yeah. I would have probably went for it, but yeah. I mean, but maybe Kathleen it's good. Kennedy was like, "No, this is this isn't Star Wars. We got to we got to do it out, this way." 
what if what if people didn't like it? What if I would have liked it, but most people wouldn't have liked it? Right. But, you know, that Darth Vader bit was not Gareth Edwards. That was Tony Gilroy post. So they've had trouble on Force Awakens. Even J.J. Abrams pushed back a little bit to some of the creative uh, choices they wanted him to make. They've had trouble with but Rogue J. J. One. But J.J. Edwards was Ab- – or J.J. Abrams, sorry. Yeah. J.J. Abrams had the cachet to be able to push back. And he made yes. a fan film, though. But he made yeah. a fan film. So that's my second question is that if she's this – Micromanaging to this effect, are they all just going to be kind of the same movie? Like, are we not going to get to grow Star Wars bigger? I don't know. Rogue One seemed different. Rogue One did it did seem different. It was a battle movie, but then they still had to. It wasn't a bridge too far, though. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. So, and clearly, what Lord and Miller were doing were just like, but like, so in the this universe, is there room for a Star Wars comedy? Like, if you go in intentionally making a Star Wars comedy, does that have any? I mean, they have made Star Wars comedies, and those are things that are reviled. Yeah. By- People. Yes, like the, the 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 holiday special. Yeah, and the droid stuff. <laughs> the, the droid, and the, that's right. And, and all the the Ewok shit. Well, like people, and, the, the, and that's people called, hate that. It's called Spaceballs, and Jar-Jar you can't beat Binks, that. Yeah, like yeah. all that stuff is people don't want that in their Star Wars. Not to that level. So, not where it's buffoonery. Listen, Ron Howard, uh, he's already started shooting. He tweeted a picture. <laughs> like they're they're moving forward, and it'll be interesting to see what they can salvage. The interesting thing that you pointed out when was that original paragraph you you wrote. Yes, or you uh, you read. Sorry, yeah. where they were just using three cameras. Yeah, and they had a setup for twelve to fifteen. Yeah, so it 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 looks like not even just like what kind of movie, but just the way they make movies was yeah. going to be totally different. And that, and that just seemed to rub Kennedy the wrong way. Like we don't have enough footage here. This is not the pace. This is not how you this shoot not these pace. things. This is not how we like, this is not how we do anything. Right. Right. I mean, they're probably, yeah, I'm sure she was freaking out. Like I can kind of see that. And, uh, and, and, and like every day, probably getting more and more nervous. Uh, what's so it, do they just hire work for higher directors? What does it mean for people trying to get into movies? Aren't, it's, aren't, aren't all directors work for hire? They technically mm. are, but what about like the, your visionary auteur stylistic directors? Will we ever get that back in a, a, no, in, in a big budget thing? No franchises, unless you're starting it, as I said, last show, unless you're starting a new franchise that needs to be guided, right? It needs to be shaped. You need a guy. No. Yeah. Or if it's if a franchise is dying, maybe. If you have a franchise that's dying, like like Transformers, and then you need to put somebody in there to actually go in a different direction and make it better, and then you take a risk. It's just weird. I think of like all these people in film school, and when we went to school, and film students who they 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 wanted to make their own movies. It was you know at the time it was the nineties, and you saw this. You're like, man, I can make, I can write like Kevin Smith. I can write shit about my friends and the dialogue and make a movie, and it gets big. Now you got to go in and be like, I just got to learn how to direct and shoot a film. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, just so I can get a job somewhere directing somebody's thing and uh, get some more work. It also depends on the characters that you're doing. Like if you're doing like a Marvel movie or a DC movie and you're doing a character that's not a superhero, yeah. you could probably pull shit like that off. You could do John Constantine written by Kevin Smith. You can do uh, something like that. You can do yeah, some wa- wacky shit. Also, I don't think, uh, remember we talked about how Lord and Miller were in Running for the Flash? I don't think like now Warner Brothers is gonna want to hire these loosey-goosey guys if this is what they're hearing. Uh, no they, way. Their shit is a mess to begin with. This is the last <laughs> thing they need. Trying to make a fucking improv Flash movie. That'd be hilarious. All improvised. Look, look at what's going to happen with Deadpool. Oh right, my you god! Got it a might guy be, yeah. who has two movies under his belt that are completely his movie. Yeah. Now he's going in and doing Deadpool. 
And there's already been an established kind of thing with Deadpool. Is it going to change? Is it going to veer to a different? Who knows? We don't know. That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. So there's already conflicting reports. Like we said, uh, they did not like they hired the acting coach. But then there's another report that says Disney was impressed by the sizzle reel and with the performances of uh, Alden and uh, what's his name? Donald Glover as Lando. I don't know if this is just more cleaning up a mess. I think Disney's doing a little cleanup there. Yeah. And I think that they're putting out stuff because that even more so than Lord and Miller being fired to have press already out that. This guy sucks. Yes. As an as Han Solo is damning. It's bad for the movie. That's bad. Yes. That's bad yes. for the lead to suck. Yes. <laughs> and and it may you know, and it completely may be in the director is not us, handling. Only only people like us are talking about Lord and Miller. Right. But if you bring up now that the main character needed help. Yes. Then that is different because everyone's going to go in being like, "All right, show All me right. what you got." So show me this mess. Yeah, let's see what. Show you- me. Let's see how bad he sucks let's on screen. See. So, and you know, uh, d- the director is important to get the right performance. It may have. Uh, it may have. Well, been- have you seen him in any movies? No, I've seen him in a few movies, and I never really was impressed with him at all. Mm. Oh. Oh, boy. No. Hopefully, maybe uh, uh, Donald Glover can steal the movie because he's going to be great. He's great and everything. No, you, you don't. No, <laughs> you can't. Lando. I don't know anything. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but I, I know for sure you can't have a Star Wars film where Han Solo isn't stealing his own. You don't film. want Lando Calrissian you to steal want, the movie. No, no you don't. But <laughs> you Lando, don't want a movie called Han, Han Solo you know, with Lando being the, character the guy. Character is Lando. He would do that. He'd be like, "Oh fuck you! I'm taking this movie over." Well, wasn't so, Han Solo the guy that stole well, Star Wars? Yeah, he was the guy that also stole the scene. <laughs> This is origin story. It's still coming out in May. Finally, if you guys were interested in seeing, as I think I am, what Lord and Miller were going to put together, what this slapstick Ace Ventura Han Solo movie would look like, there is a possibility that we could get a Lord and Miller director's cut. Oh, shit. What? Here's how this works. A director's cut would indeed be possible for the film if Lord and Miller's near four-month shoot comprised of 90% of the final movie. The Guild Agreement states, a director who is replaced after directing 90%, but less than 100% of the scheduled principal photography of any motion picture shall be the director of the film entitled to all the post-production creative rights set forth. So, Fake news. Basically, Ron Howard has to reshoot this whole movie. Fake news. <laughs> he can't fake use, news. He, there is no chance yeah. in hell. Yeah. I'm a going with directors, a director's cut of a Star Wars film ever comes out. Disney will fucking direct another 90%. Yeah, this they movie. just exactly. They will no fucking way. Here's the thing, fake though. News. They only have a, a few weeks to reshoot this whole movie and, and film. They'll push that start date back. They just have to film uh, 80% of the movie. It's just <laughs> they got no, you guys, you guys keep forgetting. They have five weeks of ske- scheduled have, research. W- yeah, reshoots, which re-shoots. they'll probably will take to reshoot. That's re- five weeks. That's like a month. Yeah, that's a lot. So, uh, that, means, uh, Ron, that means they only have to shoot like... 11% of the movie. They could reshoot Here, 25% of the movie they have, easily. They have three and a half weeks left plus five weeks of reshoots. They could do the whole movie over. Yeah, this is a fake Well, like, news. I'm going to say that this, this movie is like a six-month shoot, right? So if Ron Howard right. just has to – they just have to use more than yeah. 10% – of Ron Howard's shit, and they don't get a director's cut. It'll be interesting to see if they even get a director's credit. Probably not. 
I guess you don't give your fire director. I don't know. Credit. I don't know I what the director's I don't credit. That... I can tell you a thousand percent. A director's <laughs> cut is no, not coming. So out. Ron Howard just—they have to just use ten percent or more, eleven percent of Ron Howard shit, and then they don't have to do a director's cut. But I'd be interested. This, in, this in is that. this is. I don't. I don't blame you for putting it in here because it's funny. But <laughs> yeah. this is a, a total clickbait article. It's There's nothing gonna, happening. Ain't happen. No. Okay. Fuck your clickbait. Look, we're take a quick break, a pause for the cause, turn you on to some other independent podcasts, and we will continue. Hey everybody, this is Steven. And this is Chris. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Is This Adulting? Every week, we're going to sit down to have a discussion about life, culture, our own mental health struggles, and just about anything you can think of. Have you ever wondered which breakfast cereal is the best? Or how to help your friends who are dealing with mental illness? Or why waterbeds were a thing? If you answered yes to any of these questions... Then have we got a show for you. And remember, kids, be happy, stay healthy, and go hug someone. Because you never know, they might just be starting a podcast. Hey, this is The Toe, host of the Gravity Beard Podcast, a variety show with interviews and discussions on a wide range of topics. Our guests have included a viral YouTube star, a former child actor. We've even had a guy on who may have solved the D.B. Cooper case. It's a delicious box of audio chocolate. You never know what you'll get. Find it on Podbean, iTunes, and other places you listen to podcasts. It's the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. My name is Carrie Sims, and I host Sketching Comedy with my artist friends, Imran Javed. Hey, that's me! And Phil Rude, each week live on YouTube. Hang out with us as I learn and discuss the legends of comic book art and comedians while the fellows are creating live drawings during the show. I learned Stan Lee defied the Comic Code Authority with an anti-drug comic. That's right, Carrie, but did you know the Hulk wasn't supposed to be green? He was supposed to be gray! The printer screwed it up! Visit BlazingCaribouStudio.com or tune in each week on our YouTube channel and download the podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever podcasts are found. Catch you later! The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Hey, Anthony, why don't you use your mutant salesman superhero powers and uh, help me sell our fan club to the listener. We have a wonderful fan club for the listener. You could be a super fan, a super listener. Yeah. Uh, you go on to uh, this thing called Patreon. I don't know. Ever heard of it? Jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Yeah. Go on there. Give us some money. Get a ton of bonus content. You're probably a virgin. I told sex stories. <laughs> You'll learn how to get laid. There you go. <laughs> you will learn the art of the pickup with Anthony. You will learn uh, what Gueva Doce means. You're going to hear yeah. some fun post shows. with. There's tons of bonus audio. Look, we call it our fan club, but it's our sneaky way of saying, hey, give us some money so we can keep the show going. Look, what is basically value for value, listener. If the show ended today, if this was the last episode, what's it worth to you to keep it going? That's all. Ask yourself that hard question and reach into your hearts and your pockets. I'm telling you, you want to get laid. Donate to you us. want to get laid? Sign up for the fan club. We have detailed instructions of the jock. Oh, shit. Bro, do you even <laughs> podcast? All right. Are you tired of fucking beating your meat, dude? <laughs> Never. Never. Oh, you weren't asking me. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Rock Boy. Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's fun once in a while. You do got to clean the pipes out once in a while. But You got to you know, get the dead you need, shit Sometimes out. it's fun to have. Get some help. 
Sometimes it's fun when there's somebody else there when you have sex. I agree. Uh, just visit jockadoo.com slash Patreon for all the details, and uh, it'll be awesome. Okay, there's uh, this little – I just want to talk quickly about this, the next X-Men movie. I know nobody cares yet from Fox. They are doing Dark Phoenix, which is the uh, oh. uh, fucking Jean Grey Dark Phoenix story. We have confirmed director and cast – Simon Kinberg is directing X-Men Dark Phoenix. He's worked with these movies as producer. He is a first-time director, but he's produced all the X-Men movies. In terms of cast, check this shit out. The entire main X-Men first class have signed on to return. Oh, shit. James McAvoy, Charles Xavier, Michael Fassbender's back, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt as the Beast, uh, also Evan Peters, the article just came out, as Quicksilver, Sophie Turner as Jean Grey, Ty Sheridan as Cyclops, Alexandra Ship as Storm, Cody Smith-McPhee as Nightcrawler, and no, Dazzler. Evan Peters is not in this. No, he's not, but there's a new article that just came out oh, really? today that says Evan Peters is joining the cast. Okay. Dazzler? Click. Who's playing and Dazzler? Then, uh, they haven't cast Dazzler, but I saw another article that says Dazzler is going to be in this movie. And uh, the uh, president of Canada, Justin Trudeau, stopped by the set and took a selfie and stuff. But that movie is moving forward for when's this coming out? Can I, can I tell you why this is yeah. going to fail? November 2nd, 2018. Next November. Why is this going to fail? Because they don't understand why the Dark Phoenix even worked. The reason that worked is because Jean Grey's character up until that point was the fucking most goody two shoes yes. character yes. ever? Yes, we were, ever. Yes, yes. So she was basically that good girl gone bad. Yeah, that fucking every like teenager dream like fucking what dreams about. That is why that works. You're, you're absolutely right. We have not got that in the comic books. She comes in as a young, innocent, naive girl, right. redhead teenager. You're and absolutely right. She comes right. in and becomes a dark phoenix. Starts dressing differently. Starts doing her hair up differently. That is the reason it worked. <laughs> it was fucking appealing to teenagers that were going through puberty. Yeah, it was a soap opera. It was a soap opera book, and you loved that Jean Grey. She was everyone hot, likes dude. the good yes. girl gone bad. Yes, the girl that's next not what door. they've done here. Oh, we barely know this fucking Jean know. Grey. Uh, maybe. In- well, you could you could tell the story of that in one movie, but with all these other characters, it right. makes it a little bit. And more And then nice. to shove in like the whole. Well, let's not forget like the whole Dark Phoenix saga entitles her like killing planets and an alien race coming down to to judge her. Well, uh, wait, wait, wonder real quick. Yeah, the reason you can't already do that is because in this prior movie apocalypse they already hinted that she had this inside of her already. Right, right. So she, she, yeah. So it wasn't like that. She got infected. And became bad. No, it's, see, yeah. She's always been born this way. Yeah, that kind of changes the whole thing. It changes the whole dynamic. Because of the Phoenix the gone Force bad. came also a, true. across the universe and chose her. Right. They also have in the film Jessica Chastain in talks to star as the villain, Lalandra, the Empress of the Shi'ar Empire. Oh, they're doing the Shi'ar. Which would be, yeah, the alien race that probably comes to find her and be like, you fucking killed our planet. We have to, you know, we got to take it a trial and, and whatnot. You don't do the you don't if you don't have Gladiator in there, it's not worth doing the Shi'ar. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Damn, Anthony's hitting him out of the park. He, that's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. I not. I don't have high hopes. I like he's dropping all kinds of knowledge today, <laughs> <laughs> like geek knowledge. Yeah, hey, I, I 
I read comic books. Sometimes here and there. he brings yeah, but like the heat. after that whole thing with Miloski, where you like shamed him for being a nerd. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, oh, he's back to being a jock again. <laughs> he lost him. He's a jock. I mean, I, will, I, I won't. I don't have a uh, Comic Con playlist if that's what you're getting. No. at. pump up playlist. <laughs> I think we have the nerdiest jock you can find on any podcast. So I'm very proud of that. Anthony. Yeah, you you've very groomed proud. me well. I've groomed you well. Thanks, you've, Dad. You've, we've we've groomed you. We've groomed you all up. So my two fathers groomed me yeah, really well. <laughs> my two dads. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> show that girl was hot uh okay so x-men dark phoenix whatever we'll see what they're gonna do but that's already they're fighting uphill battle let's talk a little bit about some dceu news matt reeves who's gonna give us this awesome war for the planet of the apes in a few weeks uh give us a little bit of news on what he wants to do with the batman solo movie he hasn't started working on it or shooting it yet but he says uh, there's a chance to do an almost noir-driven detective version of Batman that is point-of-view-driven in a very, very powerful way that will hopefully connect you to what's going on inside his head. And to that, I say, that's, Geek boner. that's refreshing. Give us a so, Detective Batman. So it'll be seven with Batman. Uh, dude, I'm down for that. I think, like I said, I want to see maybe a, a small-budget, gritty, street-level Batman movie uh, it can be done that way. It would be cool. I like what he's saying here uh, with Detective Batman. Yes. Anthony, what do yeah. you think? I like Matt Reeves. So what's, like the, what's the best detective movie that you've ever seen? Ooh, well, you brought up seven. Like that's one of them. That's got to be one of them for me. Who's a badass yeah, detective? I'm a detective. I mean, I like like lame shit like Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot, you know, PBS <laughs> movies, oh Murder on the Orient. Angela Matlock? No, Matlock's <laughs> Matt not a detective. It's always Matlock. He's a lawyer, isn't he? Hey, I was a... more of a murder she wrote. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know who's like a detective. Like, like the... Sherlock Holmes is a detective. Sherlock, Sherlock is a detective. Give me a, a Sherlock Batman. Uh, but I like I like the buzzwords. He's using the right words. Noir detective. Yeah, I don't know. What's a good? We haven't really Dick Tracy. I don't fucking know. That's lame. No, like a legit de- detective. They used to figure shit out. Like, like and Netflix, the accountant. Oh, Columbo is great. Columbo had a very you know weird <laughs> way of getting to the bottom of things. He would just bug the shit out of you until you're like, all right, I did it. I killed him. Would you shut up already? Was mm. the Pink Panther a detective? Yes, he was. He was a bumbling sleuth. <laughs> <laughs> he was not very good at it. <laughs> uh, was, uh, um, Austin Powers would you call him a detective he's more of a spy spy yeah, he was yeah. a man spy. of mystery that's right he's a spy yeah he's a spy but detectives but what about detective John Kimball oh he's a detective yes <laughs> oh you got like Chinatown what about like Chinatown that shit yeah that's Jack Nicholson that was good but like I'm thinking like good detectives like they're not really that that in that in in style anymore was Dirty Harry a detective Eh. Memento was kind of had a was a detective kind of thing. He was a detective. Yeah, that was pretty good. Like, like uh, the guys from Gotham are detectives. Yeah, they're not good detectives. But they're terrible. <laughs> they're horrible detectives. detectives. I think the problem with detective movies is yeah. most time they showcase a detective that's not a very good detective. The best detective movie that I've seen is The Nice Guys. Oh, that that's a great movie uh, with uh, uh, Russell Russell Crowe and uh, what's his name Gosling. Yeah, it was pretty fucking it's, hilarious. It's pretty good. I was surprised. I didn't think it was going to be good, but it was pretty good. So, give me yeah, so like reader uh, readers listeners. <laughs> let us know on, you, on our fucking Facebook which detectives you. Who's your favorite good. detective? Yeah, nobody cares. Uh, also, Warner Brothers rumor DC. 
wants to make three to four superhero films a year. Oh, shit. Is this even possible? That's they can do it. The catch-up. They, they need three, to catch up. a year? I think they should stick to maybe three more than four. Yeah, I think the lower number is better. So this was revealed by... Umberto Gonzalez of The Rap on the Heroic Insider podcast. He says, a lot of people have been asking me, what's next? What's the next movie in 2018, 2019? I know for a fact DC is trying to get three to four movies made a year moving forward. So right now, all we have is Aquaman. It's filming. I don't know what is in production. I saw somewhere that they want to do Batgirl and Dark Universe next. Mm. I, f- I feel like they're going to want to do a girl solo, another one after yeah, Wonder they're Woman. Want right? They're going to shove yeah. another one. Well, what, what's happening is DC is feeling really good about themselves right now. So they're going to start being like, yeah, we're, you know, we could do three or four. Well, here's some of the shit that they're, they're, they're riding the wave right they, now. They're they riding ride the, the waves, Wonder but Woman which wave. ones do you do? Here's some of the projects that are out there. Gotham City Sirens, Batgirl, Wonder Woman 2, Shazam, Suicide Squad 2, Man of Steel 2, The Flash, Green Lantern Corps. And that's just like half of what they announced that they were going to do. So what do I, you do out of those? I, w- I mean, I would love to see the Joss Whedon Batgirl after uh, Aquaman. Give me a Joss Whedon DC Warner Brothers movie. I think that could really shake things up. And then he'll be like, this is how you make a fucking superhero movie, you bastards. <laughs> Just let me do it. It's really like tough for me to like be interested in anything besides Batman and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. In the D- and maybe maybe Teen Titans. Not none of That's, Batman's uh, spinoff, none of Bat Family characters, which they're, they yeah, think but, people like, love. Nightwing, he, he's in Batman. Yeah. He's part of the Batman universe. So it's like, you know, Batgirl, it's too close to Batman for me. But, um, that girl could be cool. Like, I want to see some variety, you know? Aquaman. Mm-hmm. You yeah. The, Aquaman's, Aquaman's I don't know. different enough. I think Aquaman's like a nice little, you know, I just, it's change. funny when you think of like, remember way back the original idea was like, we're going to do all these, the solo movies from the heroes after Justice League and roll into a thing. And that's all just completely a wash. No, no. I mean, no, it's still, they're, they're just rolling. They're just rolling to dice on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. But this Wonder Woman, man, it's uh, I think it's 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 surpassed Man of Steel. It's surpassed BVS box office. Like, did it really? Yeah, I, BVS. I, I think it did surpass it's in the BVS. Six hundreds, yeah. right? I'll so this is uh, this is sending huge signals, and they better it's learn beat, from this. It's beaten uh, Suicide Squad in, in the twenty-seven day totals. I think it's their top, the top DCEU grossing movie now. I think DC should just make like minority superhero movies. Yes, <laughs> just yeah. that's the next thing. That would be different. Yeah. I mean, Marvel's got Black Panther coming out, but they should they should they just chime in. Back with like a Latino or like a Pakistani uh, hero. Yeah, they gotta go like full, like Rainbow Coalition. Let me get an Asian Flash. So domestically, it's at three twenty seven. It's only three mil behind BVS. Wow, and it'll beat that. Oh yeah. Um, worldwide though, it's uh, it's still last between the four, but it'll probably surpass Man of Steel. Is it in the six hundreds now though? It's six sixty three. Oh, Man shit. of Steel six sixty eight. Yeah, that's done. Man Suicide Steel's Squad seven forty five. BBS was eight seventy three. I think it'll take. It'll be the highest domestic. Uh, oh yeah, for no, DCEU. It, yeah. Yes, yeah. It's three. It's three mil away three mil from away. being the highest. Shit, domestic. dude, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Uh, speaking of which, I didn't put this in the notes, but I saw another article about Transformers. I meant to put this in oh. that even China, uh, shock, they don't like the Transformers anymore. Oh, even China has turned on the Transformers franchise. And I thought they would eat this up. But I guess some things are just too fucking pandering and dumb even for China. <laughs> I don't think um, that's true, but I just think the movie's so bad that no one cares. Yeah, it's just horrible. I was surprised. I thought China would eat this up, uh, but I guess not. So it's it's 
not doing as well no. as it could, should it, or as it as it no one wanted does. this movie. No, nobody. There's no point. No, no one did. yes, just like the fucking three. Pirates Five. But nobody it, wanted it was Transformers. Number one this past weekend, but it was the lowest opening it's ever had. Oh shit! Wow, it did it was number one again? Huh? It was number one, but so like part three. Yeah, was one sixty two point six million over its first five days. Okay. Last night over its first five days was sixty nine point one. Oh Jesus. <laughs> so, that's not good. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. But now look, we're gonna get Spider Man and War for Planet of the Apes. Uh this is I can't wait. These two that the double double hit week after week. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a good show. Let's talk about some trailers, guys. We got some trailers that dropped. The first one Rugs, have you seen these? Have you seen these trailers? Rugby? I didn't see Jumanji. I protest, protested that because it's anti-Semitic. Well, okay, <laughs> okay, we'll get to that in a second. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I got, <laughs> I got to talk about. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I got to talk about the Inhumans trailer. This oh, Inhumans yay. filmed in IMAX cameras that's going to be shown in IMAX that hit debuts in September on ABC, and then Agents of Shield season five will follow it in January. We have a trailer. For the Inhumans and uh, wow, I don't. I'm not <laughs> impressed. Surprise! You'd be surprised to know that looks he's like on, dog shit. And I, I mean, it uh, looks like that giant dog that's in there just took a <laughs> shit, and then they put that in. They put that in the uh, computer, and they sent it out to everyone. Lockjaw is in here. Couple of great comments from uh, the group. David Zika is when you want said when you want a Coke, but you can only get a cola. Fake X Men. Uh, a lot of people saying it looks like a fan film, but no, no, this is the movie. No, it's a TV show. I mean, the TV show, but the show is going to be premiered in IMAX theaters. Ah, uh, Anthony, <laughs> thoughts on this? No one's going to go watch this in IMAX. Oh man, um, <laughs> this is my my yeah. initial thought was, man, that looks really cheap. And on TV, and then I was like, "Wait a minute! Like, how does it look that cheap on IMAX cameras? Yeah, where's all this IMAX money?" And then I and then I saw a line. I can't credit myself with coming up the line, but it looks like they spent their entire budget on buying IMAX cameras <laughs> and not actually designing any sets because yes. the, the sets where they're like, it's great because there's one. The, the trailer is like filmed for the first time in IMAX, yes. and then the next shot is like a hallway. <laughs> yes, it's like what? <laughs> Yes. It's like, it's like some made-up hallway. Yeah, it's like, oh, look let's do a wide tile. shot of a hallway. <laughs> so there's hardly any color in a lot of these scenes. Is this supposed to be in Adelaide? Everything is white. There's people in white hoods. And it's just very bland-looking. Uh, the well, ca- it's the thing is, Adeline looks like shit. Adeline looks like shit. Her Adeline hair looks like it's. It looks like a back studio. It looks like your, lo- your local community college. Yeah, it does. It looks like some kind of art gallery and some shit, or some really low rent nightclub uh, that thinks it's edgy. No, okay. First of all, no fucking Medusa doing anything with her hair. Her hair still looks like shit. It's literally just lying there flat. It still has no body. Okay, you see Maximus, you see uh, uh, Karnak, uh, you get a little bit of the story. He's there's a mutiny. He wants to rebel against the king. Uh, he's he he you know he makes a mention. So nobody knows. Like the general viewer is not going to know about Black Bolt's power. Well, Black Bolt looks completely underwhelming. Also, 
Uh, it's yeah, just, they, they took one of the coolest masks yeah. and took it off of him. Yeah, and he just looks like a dude. So he makes a mention of what are you going to do? Kill kill your brother with your voice? And he starts to speak, and they're like, get him. And then you see the lockjaw, uh, a fucking cartoon dog kind of m- mesh in. I don't like the effect of the, the, the transport effect. It's like a liquid uh, goo wipe away, and he transports him to the city. And then I did like you see Black Bolt grunt. And then he blows the cop car away, and pretty much he just he gets hit, and he just grunts. You see Gorgon stop his yeah, feet, foot and I, use his powers a little bit. I rewatched that scene. I rewatched this trailer a couple times before he whispers and the car flips over. Yeah, he's getting hit with batons, with batons. and it's literally like plugged in noise, and it's a little like push, 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 push. like that cartoony noise on video games when people get punched. But yeah. I don't think you can hurt Black Bolt with fucking batons. Am I wrong? Does he not have his... Isn't he uh, really strong? Yeah, I don't know. He's that, inhuman. That and there's some white box that's like the Ark of the Covenant. That Everything's white. Just white, bland box. Yeah, not a lot of intricate design to anything i'm man i'm i'm shocked and underwhelmed uh, yeah totally underwhelmed and surprisingly disappointed with this looks like it looks like a sci-fi show like on the sci-fi network yeah this is what happens when things get too safe this is abc with the big budget who's gonna fucking watch this in the theater that's my question i can't wait to see the fucking returns on the box office for this shit a couple things i wanted to point out besides how cheap it looks yeah um whoever's playing maximus is terrible. He's the guy from Game of Thrones. Rugs. He's terrible. He's not at all what I imagined Maximus to be like. I imagine Maximus to be this like neurotic, like evil doing guy, and this guy just sounds like a fucking wimp. They then then obviously they take the mask off Black Bull. Yeah, that's stupid. Lastly, I know what they were kind of going for with the Hawaii setting. Yeah, where it was like Adelands on the moon, and now you're going to this tropical paradise. Look at the contrast. But uh, Hawaii, for whatever reason, Hawaii's not working for me either. No, like them the, getting transported to the middle of Hawaii. Yeah, I don't know why they chose that setting. Other other than it was a cool setting, and they wanted to all be on vacation while they shot the movie. Uh, yeah, that's that's how they shot Lost. It was a fucking <laughs> party. But it, Maximus, I mean, uh, Black Belt is like in the city. I guess the rest of them go to the island. I guess they get split up or something. Um, but they start with shots of the moon. So, you know, how much of like the Adelan spaceship are we going to see? Wow. This is not, I, I don't think this is, uh, Adelan's not a spaceship. It's a this city. is not going to be good to get viewers to watch. <laughs> don't know anything. I mean, if you're an inhuman fan, would this excite you? I don't even oh, think if I'm you, disappointed. No, yeah. I don't think you would even be into it. If you love the inhumans, if they were like your favorite character, you'd be like, this is bullshit. It's bullshit. They've dropped the ball. Like, like literally. They've done everything wrong with Inhumans you could do. <laughs> yes. Like they, they announced a movie that yep. no one was actually really clamoring for. Yeah, yep. the, and they announced the movie to occur after Infinity War. So it was like, what? This is the first movie after Infinity War? It's Inhumans? Yeah. So you had that. Then you decided to put the Inhumans in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But not the Inhumans. But not the Inhumans. <laughs> other Inhumans. Other then you Inhumans. decided to just take Inhumans off of the movie schedule. So now that anyone that was clamoring for it now has nothing to look forward to. Yep. Then you put out this fucking poster <laughs> yes. that was terrible with the fake hair on Medusa. Nothing, and now this trailer. Nothing looks good about this. Nothing looks good. It's bad. Nothing's been good. Where's all this? How? I mean, where's all this money? This ABC and IMAX. What the fuck? The girl with the painted on stripe in her hair yes. looks awful too. Yeah, I told you when that stripe moves when she's walking around, it's going to look shitty. It looks like spray paint. Like somebody, like she was standing next to a graffiti guy and he went off the wall and accidentally spray painted her hair. Uh, it's not good. Uh, so, yeah, September. I like listening to you guys. Just <laughs> September, people. Strap yourself in. I can't in. believe. 
Yeah, I'm surprised. I, mean, I know that they tried the they're doing the IMAX thing, but it just I, I still am harping on. I don't understand why it looks so cheap. I bet you just the, gotta chalk it up as a loss, dude. It, look, Marvel can't bat a thousand every time. No, yeah. no, and it, this I mean it is a little. I hope that at least the first two episodes they at least put all the money in there. Well, I read, and then the rest of it can suck. I, I read somewhere, and and other than Iron Fist, yes, that the budget for the Netflix shows per episode is actually lower than the stuff on ABC. Really? Yeah, I wow. read that somewhere, but it's amazing because the stuff on Netflix, other than Iron Fist, looks better than this. But I think it's also like the setting and and the the, the you know that it's street level. Yeah, no, and that they don't have to spend a lot of money on effects. There's barely any effects in those shows. I I right away I think I said it on the show that when I knew, heard they were doing Inhumans on TV I was like I don't think they have the money to do that. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't look like it for this fucking fan-made trailer. It looks like a fan film. Jesus Christ. Okay, let's talk about the anti-Semitic Jumanji. <laughs> Uh, this is the this is the Dwayne Rock Johnson and uh, Kevin Hart Jack Black reboot of the Robin Williams, but they've kind of flipped everything mm-hmm. to the point uh, to where why even call this fucking Jumanji? You should have just made a separate movie. Uh, that so the trailer is kind of humorous. You, you get like four teenage kids, kind of like a, a Breakfast Club thing. They're in detention, and for some reason. There's a video game there. <laughs> they put in the video game. There's two girls, a black guy and a white kid. And they, black football star. Black white, football star, and, nerdy and like white guy. Indian, no, he looks like he's like Indian. Oh, you think so? I just yeah. thought he was chalked up an Indian white guy. There's like a hot cheerleader broad and then like uh, like a nerdy redhead girl who, you know, socially awkward. They choose their characters and they get sucked into the video game, into the jungle. <laughs> the nerdy white guy turns into the rock. <laughs> the black football player turns into tiny little Kevin Kevin Hart. Uh, the redhead girl turns into this smoking hot redhead girl, kind of like they did with Poison Ivy at Gotham. And she the, turns into Karen Gillian. Karen Nebula. Gillian. And then the hot cheerleader chick, this is kind of the best, turns into Jack Black. Oh, shit. And so, but uh, they, they've reversed everything. Instead of the jungle coming out, they're going into the fucking jungle. There's really no magic to it. Like, why is this even called Jumanji? This could have been just some other random fucking movie. I'm glad I protested. You didn't watch any <laughs> of this, Ruggs? Why? No. Explain your anti-Semitic stance. I just don't like Jumanji. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just don't like Jumanji. it. I just, I I, I, I just uh, remember the show, the TV show that was a cartoon. It looked annoying. So oh, it's like, I never watched the cartoon. There was a cartoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. The original was fun. Dude, Robin Williams. It's I didn't mind. Fun, I like the original. Movie. Yeah, fun movie. But I, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. I'm on board. But the thing is. I like it. This setup is just going to lead to like lame, predictable jokes. Kevin well, Black always, I mean, Jack Black thinking he's a girl and Kevin Hart going, why am I so short? Yeah, but it's it's Jumanji, <laughs> it's man. Jumanji. It's Jumanji. It's not, it's not it supposed to be It might be something serious. that you would watch on cable if it was on. Another, you yeah, think the I mean, rock- Let me, let me, let me yeah. defend the, the video game aspect. Yes. So the Jumanji, the, the original, yeah. it was an old board game, Yes, right? yes. So it was like something old that like the kids pulled out and they're like, oh, this was from yesterday. Yeah, okay. No one's playing board no? games really now. <laughs> so like an old thing for the millennial right now is an old it was like, it's system. like an SNES or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they pull out an old video game system and they turn it. So this isn't just makes a, sense. 
this isn't just a remake for shot for shot. They're actually, it's a reboot, and they're turning it on its head. So instead of the game coming out of the board, they go into the game. That's different. It's different. And so, instead of bringing the characters out of the board, you become the characters in the game. It's, 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 it's actually kind of, in my mind, a reboot that is actually kind of a reboot. It's not a shot for shot remake. It's yeah, something it's a, different. It's a, yeah. it's, but it's still the principles of a game comes to life in, in a jungle. That's basically Jumanji. And yeah. I like the fact that you got The Rock. Yeah, well, The Kevin Rock. Hart, yeah. And Jack Black. Yeah. And it looks like they're all like doing stereotypically funny things. Like the part where The Rock is like, I don't have my Claritin and I see a ton of pollen. <laughs> yeah. And then Kevin Hart, who originally was this tall black football player, goes, yeah. Where is two feet of my body? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, that'll be funny for a second. It's the whole, yeah, I, I mean, think, if I you're the, funny. like the rock I'm not crying. saying this is going to be this amazing <laughs> box office hit. I'm saying what, what they got here. I expected less. People, you like the rock crying like a baby, like a little bitch. Like that's what we got in this movie. Well, yeah, you got the rock. Act, like you have all these actors yeah. that are acting like someone else in their body. So they have to, they have to be someone else. Yeah, but look, the, the, bo- the body yeah. swap thing. I would never pay money to see this. The body swap thing works <laughs> to a point. I would yeah. never. Look, it's the yeah, rock. It's a body swap movie. Yeah, rocks, rock fans are going to go see this. He's done. He's like in every fucking thing, dude. He always had everybody. I mean, like you, a got, you got out. Jack Black, who is supposed to be this hot teen, uh, hot teenage cheerleader. Yeah. Admiring the rock one. Man, that's a hunk of man right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, part of me, I laughed at this at the concept at the setup, but then I was like, you know what? This is going to get really lame really quickly. <laughs> hey, man. If, if you're going to do a reboot, come up, do something different. Why are we talking about Jumanji anyway? I don't know. What the, the fuck the, is that because, to do with anything that we talk about? Because the trailer came out. And yeah, I, the trailer I, came out today. I thought it was and then funny. Ron, yeah, I think Ron just put it in. <laughs> like, actually, we should yeah, talk about I, every I trailer that. of movies that we don't want to watch. <laughs> okay, we got one more trailer I want to talk about, and it is... Uh, Awesome because fucking badass Jackie Chan, I think, is making a little comeback. Have you seen this trailer for The Foreigner? Yeah. Anthony, how did you describe this movie? I described it as Taken meets Jackie Chan. So that yep. that basically is, instead of Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson acting like he's doing his own stunts, you have Jackie Chan doing his own stunts, probably, which is very Most scary and quite impressive for a man <laughs> at his, his age. age. So you got like bombers and a suicide bomber. His daughter gets killed and he wants to get back at him. And man, I think rugs, does he still have it from this trailer? I, it looks like he still has it. I feel like disappointed in a way really? because not because of Jackie Chan, just because it took so long to make a legitimate, cool movie with him. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is not like a, you know, he came from these almost like goofy slapstick kung fu movies, and then he got stuck into the rush hour and the Shanghai nights. And now this is him like kind of in a, a dramatic, serious role, like a father trying to get revenge for his daughter. Yeah. And uh it why did it take this long to just He was in the karate kid and in this. That's it. Those were his serious Those roles. Those were the only like serious roles. And man, the action he he looks amazing. How old is he? How old is he now? It's like probably like fifty nine or something. Uh, let's see. Listen, Asians, a- Asians don't age. Asians man. don't crack. Like what's that? What they say? Black uh, a- don't crack. Uh, he's sixty three. Sixty three. Uh not Whoa. bad, dude. He's looking good for a sixty three year old fucking well, kung fu. I, I want to expound upon the. Pl- it's not just your typical. It's like he is in London. It looks like yeah. So he is the Chinese man in London, and he's a foreigner. Hence the name, the foreigner. Oh, he's he's trying to the get, foreigner, yes. Yeah, and he's trying to get help from the government to solve this murder case. 
and they're not fucking helping them. So it looks like there's a bunch of collusion and all that shit. Let's see that. And it's one of, and, and, and this line, it ends with like him, Pierce Brosnan, who's like, it looks like the evil bureaucrat is like, you don't know who you're messing with. And Jackie Chan's basically like, you don't know who you're messing with. <laughs> the synopsis is <laughs> no, you don't know who you're messing with. Oh no, with. you don't know who you are. I know who I'm messing with. It says <laughs> uh, it's a humble businessman with a buried past seeks justice when his daughter is killed in an act of terrorism. A cat and mouse conflict ensues with a government official whose past may hold clues to the killer's identities. Martin taken. That's, that's taken. taken. That is that is exactly <laughs> taken. Dude, Martin Campbell. Oh shit. Martin Campbell directing this. Uh anybody know uh the other movie that- we covered directed by Martin Campbell? Campbell? He did one of those James Bond movies. Didn't he, he did that. He also did Green Lantern. Yes, this is the Green Lantern. Director. I'm already now not as excited oh, about this. No, who else is in this? Pierce Brosnan, Charlie Murphy, but it's a woman named Charlie Murphy because Charlie Murphy is dead. Uh, rest in peace, Charlie Murphy, and then some other people: Katie Young, Orla Brady. I don't know these people. Ah, uh, but. Ooh, I was excited until I just saw the Martin Campbell. It's still though. It still looks good. It looks. It looks badass. It looks badass. So good to have the budgets a- only thirty five mil. Oh shit! So it's gonna so be. Let me ask you guys. Yeah, this. yeah. Does this make a profit? Yes, I think, think so. so. I think so. I think it's a. Think low there's enough. still a market for not only Jackie Chan but Pierce Brosnan. Oh God, Pierce Brosnan. I think that I don't know if it's gonna make a profit in the theater, but it'll definitely make its money back. It's such a low amount of money to spend right. on a I mean, movie. I think like that- Taken, Taken probably made a profit and it probably had similar, it looks like it had a similar budget. It's an October release date. So it's this kind October. of a dead, mm. dead uh, it, month. It might make, th- like, even the shittiest movies make like 20, 30, 30 million. Yeah. Like even like the most, the malign, most malign movies that are people are not trying to see will make 30 million. Even yeah. Fantastic Four 2015 made 30 million. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it does well. I mean, yeah. it'd be cool to see Jackie Chan. I mean, when's the, it's been, well. yeah, and it's been a while since we've had some good uh, Jackie Chan badass action. So I got excited for that. Well, listen, Jackie Chan's got like a resume of thousands of movies that are great to watch him do Kung, kung yep, Fu in. Absolutely. So, I mean, even if it doesn't do well, you can go back you know, and you always have the tuxedo. Yeah, you go back. What What? What is the best? <laughs> what's the rugs? What's the best Jackie Chan movie? Oh, you got Police Story. You got Drunken Master. Drunken Master. Got, Dragon Master Two, you got uh, Project A, you got all these fucking all these great movies. For me, Who Am I is always great. Oh, yeah. who am I? Uh, for the millennial that doesn't watch Jackie Chan movies as religiously as maybe I should. Yeah, uh, my two favorites were always Rumble in the Bronx. Ah, that's a good one. And then the Rush Hour series. Rush Hour still good, dude. He's been making movies since 1962. Wow, he's been Enter the Dragon. You said that one? He was, in, yeah. he was in Enter the Dragon? He was yeah. uncredited thug in prison. No shit. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, a lot of kung fu movies. So uh, early it's, Jackie one, Chan one, in his prime. One thing about Jackie Chan that I was always disappointed is, is when he finally did his crossover film with Jet Li, because that's what everyone wanted. Yeah. It, it was like some hokey comedy. Oh, really? It was like that... Uh, I'm trying to look it up on his. He's in Cannonball Run too in 1984. Kind of the Monkey King or something. Yeah, it? it was. Uh... No, not Super Cop. Super uh, Cop's great too. The Forbidden Kingdom. That was the movie we finally got these two guys together, and it was like a comedy. <laughs> they do like a fucking Laurel and Hardy bit. <laughs> yeah, and it was, and it was like, you... a, it was like a like, yeah, like a period piece. Do they comedy. even fight each other? Yeah, I think they do. They do. 
Like they got him. You like Jackie Chan's best stuff is in the eighties and yeah, early nineties. That, that's when his prime. I think that's some prime Jackie Chan. If you want to watch, and they're fucking crazy. Like you just watch him do these stunts. You know, we, you've heard the stories where he breaks his leg, puts a cast, keeps shooting, keep going. Let's oh, do his, this. Over. His stuff is. I mean, amazing. The, the the reels after every film yeah, where you would yeah, see his yeah. field stunts were like wow this jump, guy is insane. I remember insane. jumping on that like hovercraft thing like he buzzed yeah he that, would he would jump through like the the like the bank the teller bank that when you're at a bank yeah. and you're exchanging money through the glass yeah would, like jump through yeah, it and slide through slide it slide yeah. through it yeah. and then like, from uh, uh, fire escape to fire escape building the like he's actually fucking doing this shit the guy's nuts it's so awesome. Uh, you guys should look up the um there's a video on youtube it's like an emotional video where like his old stunt crew surprises him yeah at, like a ceremony where they honor jackie chan it's pretty emotional you get pretty oh. teary-eyed after by the end of it oh. it's like his original like crew that's been with him from day one because now he has a whole new crew that sure. has stunts with him but they, the like, back surprise in the day him. crew yeah. that went yeah, through a lot like, of number broken one bones. i forgot what he called them but they had a group of stuntmen that all work together like you could if you see their faces you'll notice that they are basically like bad guys or good guys in every film oh wow well they are they are all in the background they're the jackie chan crew or whatever good stuff good for jackie chan uh so i just quickly wanted to touch on some random tv shit has anybody been watching anything rugs preacher season two started did you catch any of it no i didn't see it oh it's out it's yeah first two episodes it it aired back to back it's, oh. it's pretty good. It's it's over the top. Uh, when did it come out? Uh, it was Sunday, Monday this week. I think it aired. Mm. Yeah. So they aired two the first two hours. Lot really bloody and gory and over the top ridiculous shit. It's not bad. Basically, the whole thing is they're they're on the road. They're looking for God while the Santa Killers is chasing them. So it's kind of like this road heist thing, and there's a there's a cat and mouse chase going on and. Ooh, it's gory. At one point, she like siphons gas from one car to another using somebody's intestines. You know, you don't see that all the time. So Whoa. yeah, it's good stuff. I uh, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching. I gotta check it out. I've been watching some weird ass shit. What have you been watching, Rux? <laughs> oh my god, I watched Glow, which oh, is amazing. Is it good? I fucking loved it. But you didn't like the Get Down, but you like Glow. Yeah, because there's tits in it. Oh, number one. Oh, good point. So there's that right there. <laughs> okay, gotcha. There's boobs. There's Mark Maron, yeah. who plays like the perfect asshole director, and Allison Brie, who I love. Allison, Allison Brie. Brie, who's great, yeah. and uh, it's just these characters. It's um, it's not really based on like real events. It's like it's based on something that actually happened, but they changed everybody around. It takes a place bit. in the eighties. Yes, it takes place in the eighties, which I always love as well. And it's about Anthony. Do you remember the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? Uh, do I remember them? Yeah, ever heard of them? Or uh, I've heard of it. Okay, yeah, but I, I don't remember watching it. Was I, like an old thing, right? I, yeah, it was only on for like yeah. a short while. But like, uh, I remember I watching remember, it. I, I watched it. I too. watched it. Yeah, it was that was kind of like when I was still into wrestling. Uh, and Glow came out on like channel fifty. It was like an obscure channel, and I was like, "What the shit is this?" It was great. It was a lot, a lot of glam. So I, I've heard a lot of people talk about Glow. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, I did, but no, I watched this thing. Okay, so this is the thing that I'm going to go on a diet here. Okay, do so. it. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Here's the rundown. So I'm watching this new anime. I like to watch anime. And uh, I watched this anime because it was from the makers of Gurren Lagann, which I really liked that anime series. And I'm watching this fucking thing. And... I'm just thinking, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking about 
like feminists who like rip comics a new asshole because there's chicks with big tits on there. Yeah. And and that there's like, you know, divert there's lack of diversity. I'm watching this anime. I'm like, this anime is everything that they hate, but it's so fucking popular. It's called Kill La Kill. Okay. Okay, and let me tell you the story. The story is that there is a high school that runs the entire universe. Okay? And uh, all of these students go to this high school and they try and uh, they try and, and graduate to these uniforms. Every uniform gives you powers. So if you get the first, like a one-star uniform, you're, you're strong. Okay. You get a two-star uniform, you're like really strong. Then you get to the four star, you're like unbeatable. Like you, you can't be, and you basically run, run everything. Everything that you say, people have to do, or that you fuck them up. So it's like an analogy of high school as like a microcosm is the universe. Okay. But these uniforms that they're wearing are like fucking just thongs and like pasties. And their tits are flopping around. There's even the mother has cleavage. Like, there's fucking sex all over. There's women being, like, just complete. Like, it's I'm make, almost making me uncomfortable watching it. Because I feel like I'm watching kitty porn or something. <laughs> Jesus. So, anyway, I'm like, where are the feminists going against anime? Like, just because, I mean, you, there's people, like, ripping on, like, Milo Monero's pose of, like, Spider-Woman yeah. bending over. Like, why does anime get a pass for all and this crazy shit? there's literally shit? shots up of a, fu- of a fucking camel toe. Like in detail, it's <laughs> awesome. Motion. But I think you expect that from anime. Nobody's who's watching this. Like it's not like huge. It's more popular than comics. Really, this specific yeah. one though. I mean, that's not the only one, but that's just that's just a drop in the bucket. There's like a million of the, the dime a dozen of those. People like to see tentacle vaginas. That's all. They're, I'm not against <laughs> it. I'm just saying, if you're going to hold comics, yeah. American comics yeah. to a standard. Yeah. Every kid that I ever I've ever talked to under the age of twenty loves anime and watches anime ad nauseum. They don't read comics at all because mm. otherwise you would have yeah you'd have a lot more readers. There's about ten apps yeah. that you can download to get anime onto your TV. Oh, okay, okay. You got Crunchyroll. You got all these other ones. All right, that you can you can download Funimation. They all have an app so you can get anime to your TV. And Netflix has an extensive anime. Every um, Hulu has anime. Anything that you can get has anime on it. It is surprising that like there's this like, is aimed for kids and they kind of get away. For they get every, away with this. For every comic book based TV show, there's about a thousand anime. Jesus. All right, so think about it. So where this little struggling industry that's trying to get readers is getting destroyed yeah. by people. Yeah. There's this whole other thing that's actually got the populace by the balls. All these kids, all these teenagers are into actually yeah. they're actually into yeah. it and nobody cares about that. <laughs> that's great. What's that one called? Kill a kill. Kill Just put a throw a trailer on right now. Wait, how, what, how do you spell kill a kill? Like kill la kill. Oh, kill L A kill. I mean, I'm watching this whole thing, by the way, <laughs> because it's just so fucking, I don't even know why I'm watching it. It's just so fucking ridiculous. Wow, they, got whole episodes, uh, they got a whole episode online. Yeah. They have whole episodes online. Okay. Watch kill the kill. Uh, listener, let us know what you think about this anime. I'm not, I, you know, I, I have not gotten into the anime still really, but like you look at anime, it's not like terribly diverse. Yeah. I mean, you got like pseudo white people and you got Asian people in there and that's about it. Yeah. 
they don't they're not i mean obviously they're not they're asian they're not gonna they're gonna give a fuck about the western world or anything that's going on but they don't have to but all these people like it that's the point that i'm saying there's no effort for diversity, but yet all of these people like it. <laughs> so, like, why is it like I don't understand? Because it's, it's, okay for- it's Japanese. Because I think people give the Japanese a pass for making whatever they want to yeah, make. That's what I'm saying. Like, you could still like something yeah. even though it's not your culture and doesn't represent you. Plus, you could still I be mean, a fan in spite of that. All right? of this anime, like, it comes out of their kind of repressed Japanese culture post World War. Uh, yeah, and the- but that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the reason that people like this stuff because they want to escape. Yeah, they want to go. They want to be told a story they've never heard before. They want originality, and and anime is allowed to do that. Yeah. But now, and could you do this in America? Comics American are, anime? Or not. Could you make? Like, clearly, you couldn't make something like this in America. No, and uh, it wouldn't fly. It's pretty. No, it's pretty fucking. That's a good point, though. I don't know why they get away with it. I'm just saying that there's a lot of double standards going around about what is possible, like what what your kid could be into, and if it's damaging your kid. But then the, everybody's complaining about comic books, and they're not even a fucking blip. In these kids' lives, they're watching more anime so the, than comics. The lesson is the, to parents, if your kids are watching anime, you might want to take a look at what yeah. they're watching. It's just because it looks like a I cartoon. I mean, there's anime with, like, there's anime of every kind. There's, like, I, I, I someone was telling me there's this one about ice skating that's all about, like, gay relationships and ice skaters okay. and stuff like that. All right. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. But, like, but like you know, it's just, like... Like kids are watching this that are might be too young to no, watch. And, maybe yeah. no, and I feel like it's kind of part of some kind of little subculture that you know you, the parents haven't really got gotten no, on. They're not hip to it. Yeah. They're not hip to it at all. It's still so until they ruin it. This is where you get your. Listen, uh, I love anime. I'm not saying that I want people to ruin they it. They're gonna ruin it. I'm just saying it's a double standard. I That's think Rug Boys just brought down anime to its knees. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> he's ruined anime. <laughs> this is the death knell. We had good anime. <laughs> he and exposed now, anime yes, for now, what it is. Kill the kill. My kids are watching Kill the Kill. Oh shit! Now everyone's <laughs> everyone's gonna be tweeting oh, us. Shit. Send your tweets to at Jock and Nerdcast. I mean, there's more really camel toe in that than <laughs> there isn't in the entire. Saudi Arabia. There is. Uh, I can hear oh the parents shit. right now. Little Billy, turn that off. No, they're running to their rooms. Yeah. No, I thought he was watching Pokemon. Just knocking no. over the TV, throwing it out the window. I mean, it's on Netflix. Like Jesus. you can watch it on Netflix. Wow. It's not like it's hidden somewhere. Yeah, no, I, that that's a good point. I don't know. You know what? I finally saw though, rugs. Fucking John Wick. Yeah, did you like it? I, I actually really did. I loved it. They used Keanu Reeves the best way you could by not giving him any lines. Oh, shit. And he, exactly. And he pulls off this hitman. And there's a whole world. I can't wait to see the second one. I love the world that they, uh, they, they've established. It is cool. Yeah, they're, it is cool. Uh, uh, Anthony, you got to watch John Wick, dude. It's really cool. I know. I hear really good things. There's, part two came out. Yeah, right? two came out. I yep. haven't watched that. And, uh, Ruggs reviewed that a couple of shows ago. They're making I liked a, it as well. They're making a TV show that possibly may have Keanu Reeves like appear in it. Is John Wick an original idea? I think, yes. I think it nice. is. So it's about, it's like this, uh, secret society of hitmen, but they also have like people who come clean shit up. They have a hotel where they can go and, and get jobs done. And the concierge, everything is understood. They pay with these gold coins. Everybody kind of knows everybody else's reputation. Like when you want to get rid of a body, you call up and you're like, I need dinner reservations for 12. And that's the signal to come clean. And then the people show up and they wrap up the body and they get rid of the bodies. Like it's kind of neat. This whole, this whole little universe they've made. <laughs> I like how you described just murder and then you, it's kind of neat. It's great, dude. And dude, 
Keanu in this. Oh, he makes sure they're dead. They, everyone is like body shot, headshot, headshot, headshot. Drop it to the goes, knees, headshot. Like he fucking makes sure they get when, headshots. When he goes into the basement with a sledgehammer and starts pounding away at the ground. Yes. To get his shit. I was like, what is he going to and get? Then, yeah. <laughs> And he just gets his guns, the ones that he likes. Constant, <laughs> and constantly reloading. It's not like he has yeah. unlimited bullets. And there are times where he's looking at another guy while shooting a guy in the head. Like, not looking like the no-look fucking like, kill. So when, good. When, when you watch, especially number two. Yeah. Th- it, number one's good, too. But, like, in number two, you could actually see him thinking about where he's going to get his next gun. Oh, cool. After he's out of bullets. And he's like, okay, this one's all gone. I'm going to go to the fucking this guy, dismantle him, take his gun. While I'm fucking turning around, I'm going to shoot that guy, take his gun. And he kind of, you could see that thought. Like, it's not like done. So it looks like it's like super contrived, but it's. Yeah, he looks like he's actually thinking about it while he's doing it. Dude, great stunt driving, really good action. I was like, this is good. At the end, when he does get like a few lines in a row, then you kind of chuckle. You're like, oh, yeah, Keanu. I forgot. Yeah. Like you can, he can just do like one line at a time. He's fine or no lines. And he doesn't really talk a lot. So it really works. So this TV show, they're going to call the continental because I guess these guys are called continentals. It's going to explore continentals all over the world and the world of these assassins. It's pretty fucking good. Keanu may be in it and uh, there'll be other members. So uh, Anthony, have you been watching anything? What's the last thing you saw? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Nothing. Dude, Nothing. I watch sports. Okay. That's all I, all yeah. I do. I watch sports. I watch a lot of fucking YouTube videos, and I watch. I rewatch Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That oh, I wanted to do that too. So, really good. speaking of sports, let's get to the feedback because I actually I got a question from a listener for you about sports. Oh, great! Uh, in the feedback, we're going to start with that guy Daryl at Verum Libertas uh, comments from our last episode. He goes, "Future Foundation F four movie? Nope, 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 and fuck no." Uh, and I think wasn't Spider-Man part of the Future Foundation in that white when they wore he like the white time, outfits? Yeah. He wore a white suit, but uh, that's not a good idea for a movie. And then uh, Jaden Smith's Batman uh, because that song was mumble rap garbage. There's a mumble really rap. mumble rap. I don't like this new category of rap because you can't mumble and rap. And for a genre to have those two words together, it just makes no sense. Like, There's a lot of mumble rap. Uh, it's, it's, it's not. How do you mumble and rap? Those, yeah, that's Migos. An oxy, it's an Migos oxymoron. Migos is leading the way. But that's Migos, a, Future. Is Drake. Uh, you see that thing wop. between Joe Budden and Migos? I did. That was hilarious. Is Drake considered mumble rap? No. No. <laughs> He's can, almost there, but like he's not. He's really not mumble. There. He's more. I mean, he's he's poppy, but he's not mumble. Is it rap. really unintelligible then? The mumble rap. It can be, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard uh, what's that fucking guy? The guy with one eye. Fetty what's Wap. His name? Fetty Wap. What yeah. the fuck is a Fetty Wap? No, I don't want to. Uh, oh, look, that's an oxymoron. You can't mumble and rap, you assholes. That's the whole point. You're missing the point of a distinct. The Joe Budden thing was hilarious. What by was the way. that? Real quick. Um. So Joe Budden's been a big proponent of or big. And he doesn't like mumble rap, basically. And he was on some uh, African-American website interviewing Migos with another guy. And he basically just like, there's guys asking one of the Migos people a question and they keep, he keeps having to repeat himself because he doesn't understand what Migos is saying. Yeah, okay. And at one point, uh, Joe Budden literally is like, let's cut this. Let's cut it. He literally like gets up and like throws his mic down. He's like, "This is over." Basically, oh, and the Migo, all like, there's three guys in Migos. They all get up like the fuck, and they come <laughs> oh, at him. Oh shit! Like they all come at him. Like you, you know, they wanted they basically wanted to beat his ass. And like all of Migos, his posse is there, and it just it just 
I mean, it's the BET Awards. And oh, like, okay. Every every year at the BET Awards, something happens yeah. because there's always drama in the hip hop community. So it's not surprising, but it was funny. That so that reminds me of a story, Rugs. You may remember this when we were, uh, I think we were freshmen in college. We went to see Ice Cube. Yes, remember that. And I, well, yeah, we were very that. green, right? It was like Ice Cube concerts door open at seven. We get there at seven, not knowing that this motherfucker ain't showing up till like midnight. And we're like, when oh, is Ice Cube God. coming, right? Oh yeah, he subjected us to to uh, was it what was it called the Mad Mad Beats or something? Yes, we were lit. So then Ice Cube comes on. He does a couple of songs, and then there's you hear some shit from like the DJ booth or something. And Cube is like, "Yo, there's some shit going on, man. We gotta go. We out." And they just like somebody was starting beef, and they just left. Like after playing a couple of songs, when we had waited all night to watch a fucking Ice Cube concert, I was like, "What is this bullshit? Was this? I mean, I feel like it's fake, just for yeah. It could have been fake, but the funny thing about that show is like, I was like, "Hey, I'm not. I'm probably gonna be the only non-black dude in this yeah, whole place," yeah. and I was. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was fine with that. But the thing that was great was that the opening act was this act called Mad Flavor, and it was these two white guys rapping. I'm like, why would Ice Cube? Like, have these two white rappers on before him. It's so stupid. I forgot. And they sucked balls, there, by the there way. There have not been many hip-hop concerts that I've gone to that yeah. I've actually thought I got my money's worth out really? of. Really? Yeah. It kind of devolves because, into a be, mess, right? Because it's always, they show up so fucking late. Yeah. Yeah. So you get, like, I'm I'm half white. I'm going to get there on time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get there on time. No. Nope. There's no one. Nothing's Mistake. happening. Yeah, exactly. Then they always have these openers that, like, no one knows. Mm-hmm. No one gives a shit about. I saw Snoop. And, that was kind of good. I yeah, and then they'll throw in, and then the rapper comes on, and like sometimes he's good, but like if he gets his crew on stage, oh, it's a mess. Plus, if they get too fucking high before they come on, oh, it can also be a mess. <laughs> if they get too fucked up at the party, it could be a speaking, mess. Speaking of white rappers. Yeah, <laughs> MC Search. What's up, MC Search? I want, I want to recommend a guy that I... I uh, I've been listening to lately. Oh. His name is Mike Rips. Mike Rips. And he's got something called the Rogues Gallery. He raps about comic book shit. No way. He throws a lot of comic references. I mean, he does talks about weed and getting fucked up. No, and we, fucking I, I'm tra- ass, we should get but, this guy on the show. Oh, I could probably arrange it. Okay. Is it Rips with two Ps? Rips like R-I-P-Z. Oh, okay. Like Mike, like M-I-C Rips. Oh, Mike Rips. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. See? That's a clever name. Okay, horn. All right, I'm gonna have to check this guy out. Rugs, uh, you have your people talk to his people. Let's book him on the show. Yeah, uh, I've been listening to his <laughs> shit. It's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> okay, I want to share an email from Jimmy Graven, our buddy Jimmy. Send an email today, just in time to be included in the show. He says, what's up, dudes? How's it going? How's it going? So sorry, I fell a little behind on my listening. I didn't get a chance to see Wonder Woman until June 23rd, so I didn't want to hear any spoilers, thus leaving me a few episodes behind. It's been great, though, because I was able to listen to four episodes this week and loved every minute. I do have to say, though, it's great to have the band back together with the best lineup of Imran Anthony and especially having Rugboy back. Not that your guests weren't good, but I just love the original lineup. No, you, it's he say hates our guests. It's okay. It's okay, Jimmy. You can tell us. There you are, can tell us. We have great guests. We have the best guests. They're phenomenal. You guys the covered a lot. <laughs> you guys covered a lot of content, so we won't really get into anything too specific, but wanted to say thank you for that Gotham review. It's great you guys acknowledge listener feedback, so thanks. Looking forward to the upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming review as well so as a former sports journalist i have a little jock item for anthony to think about maybe even give thoughts on 
I'm guessing since you guys are Chicago guys, you are big Bulls fans. As a lifelong NorCal, that's what we call Northern California in these parts, resident, I've always pulled for the Golden State Warriors, which wasn't very much fun since they sucked ass for most of my life. Anyway, even as a diehard Warriors fan, I still have to say that the best team I ever saw was the Jordan Bulls with Pippen, Rodman, etc. Anthony, where do you think this year's Warriors rank compared to those Bulls squads? And what are your memories of those Bulls teams as someone who grew up in the area? I think it's a pretty cool connection with Steve Kerr now coaching the Warriors, and he has a huge place in Bulls history. Thanks, guys. You are a fixture fixture in my weekly routine. Jimmy the Geek, formerly of the newsroom, now a high school guidance guidance counselor. Guide, a a high school gout teacher. A high school gout. He teaches gout. He's a gout. Yes. He's like a, he counsels gout. He only counsels gout. Ham. Like if you go to the nurse and you have gout, they have a specific person. It's Jimmy. Eat some bacon and call me. We'll see the gout guy. High school guidance counselor. I still can't say the word. Scary. Guidance, you guidance. son of a bitch. What is Scary wrong with thought? you? I know. I don't know. Jimmy, thanks for writing in and uh, have fun with the high school kids. Anthony, comment. Oh, my God. Sports talk. Yeah. I'm sorry. I won't bore you guys on something that half the world pays attention to. I suppose. Um, More than half, probably. Um, Basketball. My fond memories of the the Jordan years. Yeah, that's basically when I grew up. 96 was like one of the first years where I like could put thoughts together and remember things. So. Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan's the 1996 team was probably one of the best teams I've ever seen. The best team I've ever seen. Um, as far as it, what it compares to the Golden State Warriors, man, that's tough. Um, it's a different era. I think Golden State, this team that they had, is probably also one of the best teams ever. What was the uh, record this year? They were 67 and 13, wow. but it, the record doesn't even state how really good they were. Okay. They, they they only lost one game out of sixteen out of seventeen games played in the playoffs. Damn. Yeah. So they were they were one of the best teams ever. As far as who is better, yeah, as good as the ninety six Bulls. It's tough because it's a different era. The games played differently back then. You could be a lot more physical. Defense was different. I would say they're both equally impressive. Although I'm biased, I grew up as. I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. Michael Jordan's my yeah. favorite athlete of all time. I watched that team as a as a as a child, so I have that nostalgia factor as well. I would lean towards the Bulls, but this Golden State team was really fucking good. Really, wow, really fucking you got good. Close. Really you think they're gonna continue? Yeah, they're they're they're, they're all their young, all their guys are in their like their top four players are four of the best maybe 25 players in the world and they're all in their prime so i really think it's cool when you have a team that sucks balls and then they get better and they assemble a team that's gonna actually bring like good stuff yeah golden state was things to happen terrible at basketball for the longest time so and basketball it's cool it's kind of the thing where you can have like a dynasty in terms of you you can easily keep winning year after year well basketball is like that because there's only five men on the court, so if you have ah, one of the best players in the world, that's all on the you need. Court, yeah. you have, you have, you're you're making your twenty percent yeah. of the impact. Yeah, you like, just need that guy. Whereas baseball, yeah. football, hockey, you're you're not you don't have one player doesn't have as big an impact. Yeah, you lose a bunch of guys, and uh, it's so kinda... then when you put four of the top twenty five on one team, that's. A stacked team. All right, maybe they can. Uh, they're they're definitely. So Steve Kerr was on the Bulls, right? He was Steve on that Kerr team. Steve Kerr was on the Bulls that won seventy two games and 
won the night. They he was Steve Kerr was on the team that the Bulls team that won three in a row, and he coached the second this, go around. This and now championship he coaches team, Golden, wow. yeah, he coaches Golden State. Wow, oh, good stuff. So there's that cool connection there, and that was talking sports. Right, that's talking sports <laughs> with the jock. Uh, visit us every week for a little sports jock talk, uh, and that's really the show, uh, you guys. Uh, unless anybody has anything else they want they want to throw out there. No, I talked about what I want to talk about. He went on his anime diatribe rugs. Tell the listener where they well, can find you. Well, if you want to hear me uh, have other diatribes, go to Really Rug Boy on Twitter. That's right. Poke him there. Follow him. Uh, and, of course, listener, thanks for hanging out. Uh, subscribe to the show. You can find it wherever you can find podcasts. Leave us a review on iTunes. We'll read it on the show. Get in touch. But, of course, always tell a friend. Spread the geekery. Go up to, uh, let's see, go up to, who should they go up to? Go up to your high school gout counselor and give him one of these. And he'll tell you that you are in the wrong office and please step away from me. <laughs> right, Jimmy? It works. Okay. Do you think high school kids listen to us? I bet if they're smart, they will. If, you, if you're in high school, let us know. If you're in high school, let us know. Watch Kill La Kill and then listen to this episode. Let us if you're know. in high school, you're probably Oh, if he watches stupid. Kill La Kill, he'll be stroking his meat the whole time. <laughs> He'll be too busy to listen to the podcast. Look, we want to subvert all you young high school minds. But this has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. We'll catch you next time. Democracy Manifest.